I'm going to start right now. I'm fine with that. Are you okay? Not really. I, I don't Things have fallen, it seems. There we go. Now we're cooking with propane and propane accessories. Hot. 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 Can you hear yourself? <clears throat> I can hear yourself. Can you hear Chuck? It helps when the Hello. mic is in your face. There you go, you big galoot. You big crazy. Galoot. That's going to be a new one for me. I'm going to start talking, saying that a lot. I'm going to start telling guys to get their meat hooks off of me. <laughs> get your meat hooks off of me. See? Let me see. Um, I had a great time over the weekend so far. That's awesome. Still going. It took me a day off from work. Are you, did you? Yeah, and I went to the, the festival, the uh, Mountain Music Festival. No shit. I didn't go. I wish. My buddies, uh, uh, remember Brandon Massey mm-hmm. and Aaron Strickland? Yeah. They they uh, were going to it, and uh, I figured if they're, they're less than an hour from me. I should go to this thing just because they're so close because it's kind of rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they didn't come down to see me, but, I mean, whatever. But, um, yeah, I did that. We'll talk about it. I'm trying to find a song to come into right now that isn't just so on the nose because I saw Tyler Childers, but I kind of just want to play a Tyler Childers song just to come in on. You know what I mean? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You guys feel me? Let's do this. I like the fiddle. You like the fiddle? Yeah. I only had a couple drinks last night and a few good hits from an Ella Pipe. I must admit, I had a few white lines and I don't know That's what real, uh, happened. I woke up new country. Time you know what I mean? New country doesn't talk about doing cocaine. No, I'm saying, like, the new version of country that doesn't get played on country radio. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, which Sturge is old Joel. country. Sturge, yes. Outlaw country. Sturgill. Yeah. Uh, Indie country, which isn't really alt country or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Which even laps over someone into Ray LaMontagne and stuff like that. You could, I think. You could put Bright Eyes in there. Yeah. You could, you could put uh, Drive by Truckers. Oh, God. They invented it, I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, Towns Van Zandt probably invented it. Florida Georgia Line. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, whoa. Then, hey, hold on there, friend. Old Town Road. Yeah, actually, I like that song. How could you not? It's fucking good, right? Yeah. What? And a hit isn't a hit until a fat white guy does a uh, impassioned cover of it. <laughs> a hip hop song isn't a hit, and I saw like more than one fat white guy doing. Uh, I'm gonna take my horse like doing a, just an impassioned, just like as though they're singing something Bob Dylan wrote when he was on his deathbed or something. I just, Old Town Road. The I song to- says "Wrangler on my booty." And he's like, come on, hey, the angriest that uh, uh, an ex girlfriend ever got. We're still friends. Is when she loves Florida Georgia Line. Uh-huh. And I said, they're the greatest. Couldn't make it as a rock band, so we became a country band band ever. <laughs> she well, got so mad at me. Well, there, Steve Earle said it best. Modern pop country, like the the popular shit, is just hip hop music for people that are afraid of black people. That's absolutely true. That's pretty much what it is. But the thing was, why are they afraid of it? It's the same economic strata. You know, it's just in a different community. Have you ever noticed that? It's just, I don't... Yeah, it is. The culture's almost exactly the same. They talk about... um, 
Both of them. The like, foods are the same. The, uh, the the social structure is the same. I'm talking about the family. You know, extended generations of family living in, under one roof. Stuff like that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the same. And they talk about uh, they name drop brands in both of them. Sure. I mean, Ford, there's nothing Yeti. And I'm a Cristal. Yeah. Well, whatever. One, one of them is more higher end. I mean, yeah. Cristal was like, how much? It's ridiculous. Yeah. A, a, a amount of money per it's bottle. It's an insane amount. That's of money some good fucking kratom. Holy balls. Oh god. <laughs> Takes you that fast, huh? Yeah. Schwammo. Tis I, the prince of podcasting. I'm the chuckling and all. Bipolar rock and roller, the sultan of slits, the godfather of gash, the genetic motherfucking jackhammer. It's episode two thirteen. All you hoes know what's up with two one three. Or is it all you skirts know what's up with two one three? Skirts, yeah. broads, frails. <laughs> What what's the significance of the two one three? Um, in the uh, the regulator song, um, uh, Nate Dog says, "All you skirts know what's up with two one three, right?" Like how we yeah. ha- like how we have three oh four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's their uh, it's their it's the Long Beach area code, right? Two one three, and we are the three oh four. So it's a way of I- it's a way of regional yeah. identification. Exactly. And, and it's episode 213 <laughs> You sound like Dana <laughs> That's kind of what I was going for Logical I like it <laughs> Yeah It would have been cool, so much cooler If Dana was like flamboyantly gay Like they programmed that way Now tell me about this please <laughs> Yes Yes uh, So did you see where J.K. Rowling Came out and decided that She didn't decide Dumbledore's gay no, uh, no. Um, that uh, what's the what's the doofus that the that, redheaded guy that that hooks up with Hermione at the Weasley, end? Ron Weasley. That yeah, he's Ron, gay? no, Ron Weasley is trans the whole time. He's been trans the whole time. She's just now mentioning it. That she's doesn't so, make any sense. She's, <laughs> she's just got. She's just lighting a bonfire for. There's a bonfire. Bonfire for virtue. Yeah. Well, yeah. It really. Is. She's firing off. Come on. Like a, it's a fireworks show of virtue. Like at Jenny, least, at you're least already a billionaire. Rowling. Nobody cares. <laughs> Everybody likes you. You don't have to do anymore. <laughs> keep trying to keep yourself relevant. I guess. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like that. her though. I mean, I've always admired her. I mean, I'm sure that that books are good and uh, the, mo- the movies are good. Really, really and good. I got nothing against them. Yeah, the books are. They stand with the best epic. Fans. I was actually thinking about coming out as trans, but don't change anything about myself. Just, <laughs> just insist that people call me a woman. I'm, I'm a gay woman. There are, there are lots of people that do that. I, I, that is a real. And thing. And I'm still a dude with a beard that likes to have sex with women, but I call myself a gay woman. Uh, because I identify as that. See, and that's and that's uh, just com- just that's, for the that's point. comedic fodder. But at the same time, I'm the kind of person I don't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Um, but, uh, Dom Herrera, he said before, I wish I was, I wish I was gay just so I could come out. Because of all the <laughs> yeah, you get. Yeah. <laughs> he always did the gay bits of Doctor Katz. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, you, do you remember Doctor? Of Katz? course, I remember. Yeah, he, he would come. He's like. Doctor Cat's medicine. Doc, I, wanna, I just want to. I just want to lay down flat on top of you like a pancake and just talk. <laughs> I want to put a chiffon robe on you and Viking helmet and hang onto your horns as we ride around in a ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see that, Doc? I love Dumber. <laughs> and then he'd say he'd, he'd sang a, a song to him. He's Doctor Cat's. I think I'm falling for you, Doctor Cat's. <laughs> and as always, former Intercontinental Champion, birthday boy, as of this earlier this week, yes, sir, turns a young twenty nine years old. That's right. Um, the first black man ever to ice skate backwards down the Kanawha River, the White Samoan sentient mountain. Um, um, Michael Chiklis stunt double. 
Um, I actually probably look more like Michael Chiklis. That's getting race. I'm yeah. taller though, but you're you might be more his build. But I definitely have the head for it. Yeah, I've got a weird, ugly, misshapen head. I thought I was actually let somebody kind of like Kevin James. You could, yeah, you're you're more of a Kevin James. Yeah, yeah. you know he's got power in them hands. Yeah, Joe Rogan said uh, he's a he, great if, football player. If he'd have wanted to, like when he was younger, he he probably could have been a fighter. That's the old Chucky Tater sacks <laughs> over there. And as always, the greatest claw machine operator of all time, the Dirty Shame, the Juna, the Juna. Um, Laurel Creek's. You, you had something to do with Simple Machines back in the day. That's a deep cut that hardly anybody knows. Simple Machines. About. Who's that? That yeah. was you and Bradley and jo- and Will. That's yeah. cool. And maybe one other person or was that no, just, just a trio. Three of us. Remember you guys played uh, with uh, Leap here one time. Was you guys it? were you guys were just there and you and when we took a break we said hey you guys go do something good <laughs> after we got and there just happened to be a whole bunch of different gear there. Yeah. <laughs> was it Jazz Fusion? No. No, nah, I'm kidding. It's I, that wouldn't have been. It was. Dark indie rock. Yeah, it was uh, it was what you would expect from twenty somethings in two thousand five, two thousand six. No, 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 no guitar, no guitar. No. Yeah, they played the Rhodes. Didn't you have the? Didn't we have a Rhodes or something set no, up? I had a Rhodes and um, what's a Rhodes? And uh, he can explain that. It's a very awesome instrument. That's the Mance Raider of regenerative farming. <laughs> it's old Johnny Liberty Sax. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Free Markets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell them about a Rhodes, the Rhodes piano. A Rhodes piano, sometimes called a Fender Rhodes because it started out as Rhodes and then Fender bought it and CBS bought that change. But it's basically, it's uh, a piano, if you will, that has actual hammers on it that strike actual tines, they call them, kind of like little wires. Okay. And those wires vibrate just sort of like a string. And there's an actual electromagnetic pickup on each one of those, like the pickup on a guitar. So it functions the same way as an electric guitar, but it's a piano. Does it sound like a guitar? No. Sometimes. You could make it sound like it a It sounds like a, if, you could, if you could mix an electric guitar with a piano. Okay. You know the sound. It's, it's like... You've heard it on all the R&B Oh yeah um, All throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s I love those 90s and today Yeah And you can make a bunch of different sounds with it You can run effects through guitar effects And I have um, I have one still I used to have two You had two? <laughs> I used to have two and a Wurlitzer Which a, a Wurlitzer is another kind of Isn't that the one you, you There's stuff you play with your feet Or is that no. a B3? I love that. That, that. That's that's just an organ with foot pedals. It sort of has like a natural tremolo mm-hmm. thing going. It's well, really no, cool. That's, that's part of it. That's oh, a, it's one, part of that's the settings. Built-in f- effects. Some of them have built-in. Um, Probably got some real stereo tremolo. Built-in verb. I think that uh, Lake Street Dive See, used to, used a, quite a bit of that in their in their latest album. You'll the, hear it in my, everything. The, from, my first. It's it's in my first two albums. The first album that first Juna album that I released is totally based on the Fender Rhodes. So if you. You've listened to my music at all. You. <laughs> I don't know where I can get a hold of your music. Juna.bandcamp.com. Junamusic.bandcamp. Junamusic.bandcamp. Juna, J-U-N-A. Junamusic.bandcamp.com. Okay. You just, yeah, you, it's all free. You, you can, can just type in Juna John Morgan Morgantown, and it'll come up. Okay. I'll listen to it at night at work. You can download it for free. I have or you three. Can, you can pay to. I had a goal to want. release. When I was like 26 or something, I set a goal to release three full length albums totally by myself before I'm 30. 
And I missed that goal by I was 31 when the yeah, when but, scene came out, but hmm, pretty good. But I mean, there that's was quite a, that's there quite was some things going on though it, that you, might have kept you from doing it. <laughs> uh, there were some, yeah, there were some. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, you joined the Dead Dad Club. There's all there's all always things going on. To, yeah, you can use this as an excuse to not do something. But well, amen. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. So yeah, check. You can check out my music. It's absolutely you know, it's okay. Yeah, we don't pimp our shit enough shit enough out here. We're out here being the greatest I'm, I'm, artists of our I'm, generation. I'm fucking. I mean, I'm kind of like fucking amazed. Yeah, how few people know that I'm a musician. <laughs> Far more people listen to this than have ever listened to my music. And this is just. And I've talking. been doing the music for 20 years, more than 20 years by now. Oh shit! Speaking of things we're good at, I actually wrote. Oh shit! We're going to brag. It's, is, is it? Is this? Is this a pat ourselves on the back episode? It is. Uh oh! That's every episode, sir. This is this is like us coming out as gay. <laughs> <laughs> I make art. <laughs> yeah. You know, when, when, if we I'm, have ourselves, I mean, a- you guys are coming out as gay. I'm coming out as translate. Translate. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was, I was, was going to say that I had written two solid pages of a, a, a Game of Thrones alternate ending, and forgot to bring it with me. So, you son of a bitch! God damn, you son of a bitch! It was decent too. Only I had made a, a, a kind of a tactical error. I had put Elaria Sand in it, and she's dead as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> she done been dead. Yeah, she's she's dead as shit. So, but it was it was okay. Now that I've now that I've said it, you know, now she if she was just fatter, she wouldn't be dead because uh, there was a, a long time ago they did a thing. Where this guy was like six hundred pounds, and uh, some uh, doctors or scientists, whoever, um, just say, "Hey, you're going to fast for an entire year," and they just water and uh, vitamins is all he had, and he got down to a reasonable weight, and the um, the skin um, came down with it. Came down with it. Hmm. So it was just nice and gradual. He took in no calories, just. Just the vitamins and water, and that's it. That would be so torturous. Oh though. God, it would have sucked. Your blood sugar would always be low. You'd be, you know. But it worked anyway. She, if she was just a hoss, just more of a, a tub of guts. Well, and I used more of the uh, the hilarious sand from the. Well, it was a combination from the show and the book. Um, so sure. it's it opened with Jon Snow standing in the water gardens in Dorne, but they're frozen. Like winter has finally come to Dorne. Like that was the most jarring part of the whole thing. And he's looking out, and he said, and the trees are all bare, and the the water's all frozen, and it's starting to snow and drift a little bit, you know. And then Hilarious Hand comes up behind him and says something. Uh, she says, "Well, the 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 fruit trees might come back, but the flowers are all dead, and they'll never return." And then she goes into a nice story about how Oberon had planted rose roses himself out there, and used to gather them for him, bring them to her. And that's when John says, "You know." I never would have guessed he'd do something like that. And she's like, you know, that's one of the reasons I loved him. He was a man of contradictions. You know, he's a very complex individual. And he really was. I mean, that character was so one giant contradiction. He was the most masculine, probably the most masculine character on the show, if you really think about it. Because he was so comfortable. And he, and he was bisexual. I mean, he was. That's, he was that's savage. Kind of, kind of like me, where I'm like, you know, the baddest, uh, Laurel Creek's baddest man, but I'm also trans lesbian. There you go. Yes. I mean, it is quite, very a, it is quite a juxtaposition. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I thought that would have been a nice nod to the fact that he is that way because actually that is more of a function of the show. Like it is ex- actually more of an expo- extrapolation on the show. As a, they did mention that he, that he is bisexual in the book. 
but they didn't really get to expound on him before he died. You know, he was he was killed fairly early after he was brought in. So even though he got some nice barbs, he probably had the the most perfect arc for anybody on the show. He did, and it was just like six eps. Yeah, and the fight in the book was actually better because. It was not even close. I mean, like he th- fucked that. He fucked the mountain up, and you know, I mean, great, and just great, at the end, great lost character, it. badass, deep, dark, lots of sex, very interesting. Yeah. Then he dies t- terribly. Yeah. The perfect Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah, character. It really yeah. is. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the template. And he, and the reason he died is because of his own hubris. Because he, he uh, at least in the show, I don't know about the book. In the show, he was like, "You ripped her." No, 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 no. It wasn't his own hubris. It was his his. He wanted to know his vengeance. Yeah, overtook him. Like, he wanted everybody, over, over, everybody to know exactly. Overtook his common sense. Yeah, like he, he, as a skilled warrior who had fought in the Second Sons, he would fought with the Golden Company. He had been in Essos. He had been all over this motherfucker. Had fought everybody. You know, had killed so many men, and he knew that if you get a guy like that, that big and that dangerous on his back, you finish him. You don't fuck around. And he just wanted. He thought that is kind of hubris. He's like, well, I'm over in Martell. He's on his back. What can he do? And a man that size and that strength, all he has to do is grab your leg and you're fucking finished, which indeed he did. So, you know, it was just, um, there's that. So then they get into, you know, then they kind of get into an argument because she says, well, you know, you're from the north, so this cold doesn't bother you as much. And he says, yeah, well, I didn't think I'm not, I'm from the, not, not from the north the way I thought I was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she cuts him off very sharply and says, you know, we know who your parents are. And I don't wish to discuss them. He said, "This is uh, most of the shit that happened is their fault," and she's absolutely correct. You know, had Rhaegar not fallen in love with Lyanna and put his own wife aside, that caused a fucking domino effect in everything. I mean, it it Robert loved Lyanna. Maybe he would have lost interest in her after a while. I don't think so, Robert. That I th- actually, I think that's what haunts Robert most is the fact that Robert knew, and of all the women in the world, he could have fucked any of them. You know, when he was younger, he was he was a lot a, like me, just real big and handsome, and charismatic. <laughs> that's the truth. Just just hanging hog, just, <laughs> <Yeah. to> like, <laughs> <laughs> just swinging the swinging major, bringing major heat. Just you know. just uh, just <laughs> several pounds of meat. <laughs> he, uh, but Leanna. A was not taken in by his bullshit. She loved Robert for his vulnerabilities, not for his, you know, warrior qualities or whatever. You know, that might have been a factor, but she loved him for actually for who he was, and he knew that. Robert was actually a very vulnerable person inside. He was a lot of that was bluster and stuff on the outside because he he was not a small person inside. He was brave and he was, but all that was hiding something you know what i mean his parents died when he was very very young all kinds of stuff he probably saw he actually saw it happen i believe like their ship broke up in in shipbreaker bay oddly enough is the name of the fucking Hmm. around oh this is on the nose (laughs) boy howdy there's a reason they named it this storms End. they got caught up in a in a storm and it broke the ship up and killed everybody on the ship except for this one fool who washed up a week later and was still alive somehow um so that happened to him and he was raised by he was eventually taken in by uh, Rickard Stark, which is Ned's dad. Mm-hmm. So as a war, well, actually, John Aaron took in both of them after the Mad King. He's the Maester, right? Johnny? No, John Aaron was the uh, he's the uh, the Aarons in in the Aaron. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm stupid. So um, 
you know, there was that. Um, but she, and then he, his ego couldn't have taken the blow that Rhaegar was actually more attractive to her, not being that big, boisterous warrior type. I mean, Rhaegar was a, was a great fighter. He was probably a better fighter than Robert. He's actually de- definitely a better fighter than Robert. But he didn't have to make such a spectacle of it. You know what I mean? Like, he hardly ever fought in tournaments. He didn't feel the need. He's just like, this is not, why would I want to do this? This is not for anything. He said, I'm I'm royalty anyway. I have nothing to, I have everything to lose. It's like Anderson Silva taking an amateur fight against. Absolutely. I mean, and not that the, the guys in the tournament wouldn't have been a test for him. I mean, there were the best knights fought in tournaments. I mean, Sir Barrison, Sir Barrison fought in a tournament when he was 10. He stole, yeah, he stole somebody's fucking armor. And they called, that's the reason they called him Sir Barristan the Bold. He put down a rattle and picked up a sword. <laughs> well, I mean, essentially, he, he, he lost, of course, but then they took his helmet off and everybody laughed, and, they, and then they were just beside themselves. They were just like, this fucking kid, man, and already showed promise. He you held know? his own and everything. He didn't hold his own. I mean, he got knocked off fairly quickly. He's a 10-year-old kid. You know, he's fighting grown men. So that didn't, you know. I don't know. I was fucking up old men whenever I was 10. But, I mean, they were really, really old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that... that <laughs> It was anyway. actually against the law what I was doing. This, this was not consensual combat. I was just sneaking up on old dudes. <laughs> sneaking up to people in hospice. <laughs> <laughs> Unplugging um, shit. Like, hey, bang. Uh, <laughs> oh, you scamp. <laughs> old man Crabtree. Um, but anyway, there was, there was that whole thing. Um, and... The end of it, they'd actually made peace and were talking about what they were going to do. So, and I, I wrote one of the best lines I've ever wrote. She's like, "This world is nothing but blood, 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 and and nobody's hands to get out clean." So, I thought that was a good line that I wrote. You know, um, I like it. And uh, that could be the name of your screamo album, "Blood, Blood, Blood." <laughs> black, black, black. Number one. Yeah. Fucking uh, typo negative. I got sucked in by them for a little bit. I'm not. I don't I'm, know I'm if they're any good admit. or not. I don't, I've never really. They listened. were. Of the time, they were fine. I mean, Roadrunner Records came out with all those groups that I used to like when I was disaffected youth. Life of Agony, uh, Dog Eat Dog. Um, who else was on? Uh, Biohazard was on Roadrunner. Yeah, I've heard of them. Um, actually, Nickelback started out on Roadrunner. Fuck yeah, <laughs> Oddly enough. Um, but anyway, I mean, I'm saying that was... Our, the description of her, she was, rap- she was in leather and fur, and, he, and John was... Thinking, well, she doesn't really fit in that, you know. It's not that's not something something she she should be wearing, you know. But at times have changed. So anyway, I probably won't go on with it because she's dead, and it would be kind of a dead end. But it could just be a vision. Has he ever met her before? I don't know if John and Larry ever met. No. I but sometimes I like that taking two characters who hadn't met. That's actually a nice writing exercise. Take two characters from completely different universes and throw them together and see what, what they would talk about. Like Batman and Captain America. That'd be fun for them to That actually would be a good shoot one. Shoot the shit. Actually, that happened, though, in a comic book. In the Amalgam Universe, they fought, and, they, and nobody could gain an advantage. Like, Captain America was a super soldier, but Batman is the peak of, hum, of human physical perfection. So... Well, there's a, there's a Littlefinger quote where he's like, when he's like schooling Sansa... Where he's like Every possible turn of events Is occurring Has occurred And always will You know Yeah So in that sense You know That's a Yeah There, there could be An alternate universe Where she's Where she's still alive yeah, and why and, not and, and, It's not like her dying Was that important 
Well, the, the thing the about it was is that I was going to bring, I was going to have Doran Martell still alive because he's still alive in the book. They hadn't killed him yet. So I was just going to have him wheeled out there and talk to him. But, but I was like, wait a second. Well, this is supposed to be actually a continuation of the show. So I can't do that. He's, but then, you know, by the end, that's blown to shit because she's dead on the show, too. So, or is she? Yeah. She might have ate her daughter. Could you reach her? They didn't actually show no, her. No, they die. couldn't reach each other. That's oh. true. They didn't. And but she, and she wanted and Cersei wanted her to her death to be drawn out and miserable to last like to last years. Yeah, totally plausible. She's alive. Actually, is and especially considering the fact that she and both she and her daughter both are extremely resourceful. So, you know, well, and the fact that you know, you know, Cersei's, you know, scatterbrain kind of lost the war, yeah. and so her prisoners would. No longer. Yeah, but the city was reduced to smoking rubble. She not might, every, not well, but she might have been able to get out. You know, yeah. she's in like a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Probably the safest place. I, I think that's thinking back to the to the books. The introduction of because those were Oberon's daughters. The Sand Snakes are Oberon's daughters. They're called Sand because they're all from different prostitutes. Yeah, because he's banging. He's out there. <laughs> he's out there. He's out there swinging. Dead, he's out there stuffing pud. <laughs> but uh, that's one of the best sequences that. I've ever read by Martin is when he's introducing them, and it's because their their descriptions of how they enter the room are all you need to know about them. Obara, who's the oldest one, is pretty much the most like Oberon. She comes walking in there, fucking gut strutting. Yeah, basically, nice. Has had ridden a horse, and they talk about the the guy taking her horse, and his mouth was bloody because she's just savage on the fucking reins. You know what I mean? She's just she's nasty, and she's She's not very attractive, but she's tall and she's strong. And that, and the guy who's black in the show is the the big axe guy's area Hota. In the in the book, he's a big Viking type white guy from from Norvos, and he's standing in front of her and said, "You're not going in there." And she's like, "You get out of my way," or you know, she's not intimidated by him, and he's an enormous fucking man, you know. So eventually, they let her. And then the second daughter's like a temptress type. She comes floating in, and yeah, she's, we saw her titties on the show, didn't we? Yeah, great. I like titties. And she comes floating in. Thumbs up or down? Titties, <laughs> way up. <laughs> I mean, let me cut off my hands and shoot them into space. <laughs> I mean, they're good for. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're Just good. make that up. They're good. It's for, fucking awesome. They're good for you know making milk for babies. Mm-hmm. I, I could I, I could do and, that and motorboat. My favorite motorboat. I don't need favorite something to thing grab ever. hold on whenever you're you're fucking jamming rod. I like them, but. Not necessary. Okay. Stop for. You I know. mean, you are a lesbian. No. A transgendered lesbian. Trans lesbian. I'm a trans lesbian. Trans les. Trans les. Trez. Trez. LGBTQ LMNOP. <laughs> Should we start at the uh, where we uh, went to the red audio last? Yes. Okay. Let's do that. We uh, ventured out to Fayetteville. All three of us. We All, went the somewhere. whole crew. The whole fucking crew. The whole PFR crew. An event. Yeah. With people there and everything. Yeah and. Um, people were happy to see us. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> hey, it's Chucky Tater Sacks in person. I'm like, well, I've, I mean, uh, Jed had never met you before. I introduced you to Jed. I said, this is Chucky. Is Chucky Tater Sacks? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was really, they were all, of course, J-Mo came in and gave me a hug and everything. I was like, this is. J-Mo is a hugger. And that's fine. I, that's, I'm kind of am too. Um, and then, uh, Mr. Hinkle was really cool. Scott. Um, not a fan. 
<laughs> Sorry, Scott. He doesn't listen. So. <laughs> um, no, I really, I really enjoy their music. Um, they have great energy. Jet is extremely charismatic on stage. Extremely. I mean, yeah. he's. And I like the fact it was hot as fuck, and he's rocking that jacket. He puts on a stupid jacket. Yeah, I said, said, man, you gotta be fucking burning up. He's like, yeah, but it's the thing. I was like, I get it. It's cool. Um, I I like the structure of the music that JMO plays the keyboards and the bass at the same time. That's fucking cool. I like that a lot. Um, Scott's a great drummer. Um, A lot Mm. of energy. A lot of energy. (laughs) (laughs) Scott's actually a very good singer too. He is a great (laughs) singer. I noticed that. I was just like. I was like, Jet's a great singer. Do they go back and forth? Sometimes well, he they'll sing, sing a song. He sings and harmony, and like they, they have a couple songs that um, cover songs that Scott will sing lead on. Yeah. Like, I think whenever they do uh, Use Me by Bill Withers, Scott sings it. And maybe Don't Let Me Down by the Beatles. Okay. But he sang some of Band on the Run or whichever. Oh, it was uh, Live and Let Die. He yeah. sang that one. It was... I, I had a great time. I got to see some friends. Got to make some new friends. Uh, met Adam Bryant. Adam was really Bryant. cool. Yeah, he's a big fan. He he was nearly reduced to tears whenever he met you two. <laughs> <laughs> he was on his knees. He, he brought he brought you flowers. He challenged me to a fight before I got there because he didn't think I was coming. I mean, I don't make it. Any- I came to get some receipts, and he was like, oh, "I was just kidding, man. I don't want none of that smoke." I mean, I did let it slip that my favorite flowers are posies on the show all the time. <laughs> um, bing, bing, bing around my rosy. <laughs> Talking about my asshole. Thank <laughs> um, <laughs> you. We had a weird conversation. It was uh, after you left, we were all out there talking about Pac Man, and then somebody said, Fudge Pac Man. <laughs> and I was like, so, like, Fudge Pac Man, he, he goes backwards. And he takes, <laughs> takes the pellets up his butt, right? <laughs> uh, we had fun. <laughs> um, then and, we when were, he, and when he takes the big the big pellet up his butt, all of the ghosts become vulnerable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean, we had it was a great time. I, I love Fayetteville. I, I, I know I've said this before, but it's just it's a great town. There's lots of energy. It's really cool. I like going up there. So. It has a good show. I, I really like the Grove. It actually sounds pretty good in there. It does. Um, Small, but that's okay. I might get rid of the tin on the ceiling. There's like tin on the ceiling. You can, mm. But I don't know. In such a small room, I don't know that it matters. But uh, I'd like to go up here and see some more shows. I'm, I'm I'd sad, like to go play I'm some shows. I didn't, I'm, I'm <laughs> sad I didn't get to see that uh, Japanese band. That would have been, a, that was pretty that been an experience. Yeah, it was, it was a good, uh, you know. They sounded good, too. Good show. Yeah. But... Uh, I mean, that was a wild. Can they speak show. any English? Not very much. Not, Not very much. They had a they had a, a white handler with them, guiding them along on the tour. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. Well, I mean, you got a white have, handler. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what color the guy is. You need somebody. No, to I'm speak just saying. It, it sounds like it sounds like they were animals that were like. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what they like. Uh, celebrities have handlers. Well, I know. You know. I, I know. It just sounded funny. I mean, it it does sound funny. Yeah. <laughs> and he did have a whip. <laughs> There were some harnesses, yeah. like those those, feel, those kid leashes. Yeah, it feels like they might have pulled a wagon into town with all their gear on it, and they were the uh, they were like the uh, the huskies. I'm thinking about when fucking Lewis Black was talking about he was wanting to do the <laughs> the congressional correspondence center, and they said, "Well, we have to approve your act, so the president's handlers will will be able to determine if you'll be handled." He's like, "Handlers? What is he? A bear?" 
<laughs> they have to guide him into with meat into the fucking meetings. He got the meat. A lot of the, a lot of people don't know this, but the, well, the very first Japanese that came to to North America, that, you know, when they came to the to the West Coast, uh, that they were traditionally used uh, as a cheap alternative to oxen. That's true, and that's how Japanese people got their start pulling wagons. Is that right? Is that right? Like sort of like what are this rickshaws? Like a rickshaw, but they'd be like four or five. You, you could have a twelve. Jesus. A, a twelve jet. <laughs> totally making this <laughs> twelve jet team. <laughs> they called it a jet wagon. <laughs> you know, to move because you know the gold rush. You know, to move the gold back east, they would harness up a bunch of Japs. I'm totally making this up. Okay, you shouldn't have said that. I was, actually, I was actually believing it because it's funnier if we just let that go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a good. You time. heard it here first. We went and got some Wendy's beforehand. We did. It was pretty good. We saw Chelsea and uh, then my friends Amanda and uh, Trisha came and uh, wanted to go to a bar and we didn't. We went down there, but I didn't have my ID. So yeah, you're an ID forgetter. I just don't need it. I'm usually, kind of need. Apparently, it. you do. Well, I mean, for this. It would have come in handy, Prep. For this instance. I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't go and uh, just Ooh. went home. Well, I mean, as I was saying, and, you know, make it no secret, on my birthday, I was eight years sober. So, but that night was one of the most dire challenges to my sobriety in years. And it's not because I felt bad or anything. It's because I was like, man, I want to have fun. Everybody's having a beer. And but did you have fun without it? I did. See? Yeah. But I, I, was, I was sitting there thinking, though, man, I don't have to work the next day. You know, I, you know I, I can, you know, I can drink. We can, you know, get kind of crazy, whatever. But I'm glad I didn't. So It sucks. Not not drinking and being around other people who are drinking I'm, makes I'm, me want to fucking blow my brain. I out. have become okay <laughs> with it as long as it's not like absolute shit. Fuck. Like I'm not. It's not like I'm sitting there seething and mad at other people for having a good time. I just feel like really tense and like, yeah. man, I just really wish I could just. You kind of kind of worries like something might pop off because it's my it's my it's, it's like it's like the best anti anxiety medicine for me of all time. Absolutely, it's having, it's having a couple beers or whatever. Yeah, and you talk to people, it loosens you up. I, I'm good. a different person. Mm-hmm. I'm a better person when I've had a couple drinks in me. I'm that, literally that, a pretty yeah. shitty person. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, but I I remember. I get so, if I get sober, you can't hardly stand to be around me. I'm like a fucking robot. Well, I remember going over to when it was when we still had the fraternity over at uh, Montgomery and Benny's was still there. I remember my ex wife saying, uh, "One of the reasons I fell in love with you is like your your way with people," and that was when I was drinking. You know, like I used to be able to all the fraternity guys would be sitting around and I'd have a couple beers and be telling stories. Spinning yarns and just laughing, and everybody laugh with me. You know, I was—I really miss that about myself. You know what I mean? But that comes with so much other extra baggage that I can't handle. You know, because it's not going to well, stop you there. Can, you can acknowledge that it's fun, and then also acknowledge that it's better that being the sobriety is better. Sure, this is good, but sobriety is better. Sobriety is, for, yeah, for in, you. in a mixed yeah. bag, it is way, way better. But I just, man, sitting in there. I remember that day where we were all, you know, we had pitchers of beer and we're watching the game. It was fall, so it was kind of it wasn't cold nice outside yet. Oh, it was dude, it's best. I love that. It, it, the door would open up and you get that blast of not blast, but that breeze of cool air nice coming cool, in, yeah. and it's that 
fall air that smells really good. It's really clean. There's Marlboro smoke in the air. Absolutely. I was smoking mm-hmm. then too. Holy fuck. I wanted a cigarette really bad too. <laughs> but, um, and just laughing with the guys and having a great time. And, um, you know, she was sitting there. She was sitting there with me and she's laughing too. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I was, I think that's a Keenan thing. When, when we drink, we're extremely charismatic. You know, it, it's because we loosen up and, you know, you're pretty charismatic without it, right? I, I do okay. You know, I mean, I, I know I've got some charisma, but I, I do, but I do have some hangups that I kind of draw back from. With, with drinking, I'm all in. You know, I'm just like, I'm going to make you laugh. We're going to have a great time. And, you know, I get really animated and shit. And, you know, it's. I, he does the worm. You ever seen him do the worm? <laughs> Broke his shoulder one time doing the worm. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> the, uh, the UFC fighter actually. Best, per- best birthday that. party what ever. What was his name? Johnny. Johnny Walker. Johnny. Did he do that in the ring? Like at, after, he, after he won. He and just, he broke his. <laughs> just devastated a guy. Oh, Jesus. And he, he did, did decided a, to do a, the worm. A celebratory worm dance. And when he did, he <laughs> fucking totally jacked his shoulder. And, uh, it's he awful. Was, Rogan was interviewing him after. And Had to get like, surgery. I think I might have fucked up my shoulder. He's laughing. He's like. He's like. And Jerrigan's like, did you break your shoulder? He's like, stupid. yeah, it's like, I'm so stupid. I did. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, going up to see Roddy, Red Audio was great. I'm glad we all went because um, we weren't going to go. And I was going to. Go. You were going to go, but I wasn't going to go. And, and then I finally, I was just you. like, I don't think it was that really. I finally just kind of because I said I was going to go. I'm a, I'm a leader of men. You're you're the straw that stirs the drink. <laughs> I am. You, he's he's like the Tormund Giants bane of West Virginia. He kind of is. Kind of am. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that all day. Shit, that's a good one. You just need to find me a giant bitch <laughs> to try and fucking get rejected by. He's, he's the big woman here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And somebody better looking comes and takes her from me. Yeah, that's life. Yeah, Pretty what good are you gonna thing. do? Um, then. What else? Well, well what, uh, the rest of the week, I just worked and came home and did nothing. Mm-hmm. Worked out some. I weighed in at Tasks. 320. Tasks. Awesome. Activities. Cool. What about you? What did you do the, the rest of the week? Um, any fighting? Any? Uh, no, I didn't. I actually did not. Uh, no fighting this week? I did not. Well, classes canceled on uh, Memor- on, on Me- Memorand Day. And... Um, I just and then I did just didn't go on Wednesday. I didn't go. I was just like fuck it. I'm gonna take. But I did start running this week. Oh, nice. Oh. So I was sore from running. I was like, you know what? I'd rather take a nap today. So I did a lot of sleeping. What pace do you run at? Slow, slow jog. I'm, I'm a jogger. <laughs> like I, once I get into running shape, I haven't ran in years or jogged or anything like that. So I, I can definitely definitely feel how out of shape I am with that <laughs> specific task. Right. Like there's cycling, there's biking shape, there's running shape. Totally different from jujitsu cardio or boxing cardio. That's strange because you're using totally different muscles. And so, um, yeah, starting out, I'm just, I'm just like jogging one or two miles, just until I until I get my groove back on, I get my muscles and everything built back up, and then then I start turning it up. What I'll usually do, my my routine used to be, I would go, I would jog about. It'd be a four mile trip the whole way, you know, walk and warm up a little bit, jog, and then the last mile just. Sprint. It's as hard as I can go, mm-hmm. and you know, blow totally blow my lungs out, and that's what I'm working towards is to get back into the shape I was, the, the running shape I was in when I was you know, in my twenties and running. Are you going to run hills or? Uh... I mean, I've just been going out on my little road, which which does have some climb up and down to it, just to the end of the road of the back, and yeah, and then then I also will run trails and stuff, which is which has a lot of elevation, and you have to be 
careful because there's rocks and roots, and so it teaches you a lot of coordination. Sure. We work a lot more stabilizer muscles, and um, so so I'm adding that to my regiment, and and the next step is to add free weights to my regiment when I'm ready to do that, and I move enough of my shit out of the way to set it up, set my weights up. You have a squat rack? I do. Cool. Oh, see what's gonna happen. John's, John's gonna end up getting jacked. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those bucket list things. It's like I've never really worked on my body, like in terms of like getting getting muscular. Sure, I've done enough to where I'm, I'm I feel like I'm work strong. I can I'm competent, but I'm not. I've never been a hunk. Well, this thing that's the thing is well, I think strength, strength and and muscular size and definition don't have nothing to do with each other, but they don't have a lot to do with each other. Yeah. Like you can have a lot of powerlifters look, they don't look like fat guys, but they don't look. Like, they don't look like bodybuilders. Well, like good, the mountain. Here's a test. A test. Yeah. Here's a testament to, my, to the type of strength that I have, that I naturally have. And my dad had this. He was just a strong motherfucker, but he was also big, a lot bigger than me. So, uh, Golly Bridge, there was the the grates in the shop. There are these big steel grates, mm-hmm. and, and we'd, we'd have a contest to see who could hold them the longest. And I ha- I set the record. No one ever beat me, to my knowledge. I think there might have been somebody back in like the 60s or 70s or something that beat, you know, that nobody ever that beat. That is an impressive feat. Yeah. Because all these football players and stuff from, you know, out of my hands. Yeah, yeah. And I'd just be like, I just fucking, you know, just bite down and fucking hold it. And I was like 140, 140 pounds or something. I say year. most people give up, it's like 60%. So you got an extra 40% you can and, put into and it. And then, of course, Coach Gooseman. He's he's a man of sayings. And one of the sayings that he said repeatedly about me is not the size of the dog, not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight, fight in the, the dog. dog. That's a good one. That is true. But no, I have really good forearm strength. Like, like you know, if I grab you, like we're doing mm-hmm. jujitsu, whatever you can. For people that don't know, John, he's got giant forearms. Popeye esque. Yeah, they actually they actually are a little bigger than my other body parts by comparison. Yeah, because you're grabbing shit all the I time. I got big long fingers too. And mm-hmm. I used to, when I was playing bass, when I was a musician, they they would get kind of. You're bulgy. still a musician, John. You might not be practicing. Okay, but you're still a musician, and you're also a trans lesbian. There's so many, so, so many, many superlatives. <laughs> so many superlatives. I think that that would bring if I can't, you know, if I do this, if I come out as trans lesbian, it's going to direct a lot more traffic to my music site. Yeah, I've been trans lesbian the whole time. Yeah, but I've just been really shy about it because I'm afraid. And yeah, now it's Pride Month; you could come I'm out. I'm afraid to come out. And good on, hey, good on Beckley. That's good for them. What did Beckley do? They have a they had a Pride Parade first one. So Charleston, I think Charleston's been having it for a while. They have them all the time. Yeah, and that's that's good. I'm I'm all for that. That's not virtue signaling; it's just the truth. I think it's yeah. Um, the festival thing. If we want to get into that, if you I really to. don't know anybody. I know that there are people out there that that are homophobic. Like legit sons of bitches who just don't like gay people. I know mm. they exist. I just don't think that I know any. I feel like I don't interact with. I them. don't think I do. I mean, maybe at work these. Yeah, but I don't. I th- know but quite a they few. like to talk, but they're not going to do anything. Like I know, I know that they exist, but you know what I mean. It just seems like I like, don't know. They would like say all kinds of like homophobic gay stuff at work, and I do too. But I don't, like it's obvious when I say stuff as a joke, mm-hmm. and they'll say stuff, and I'm like, I mean, you guys don't know that I'm not gay. You know that, right? Oh, come on. Like, uh, you don't know that I'm not, and you're saying all this shit, and I could wreck every one of you. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, just to let you know, maybe, may, maybe chill it out a little bit. <laughs> that's, a sto- that's a story that happened at Lowe's. We had this guy start Sturgill. Sturgill was, God, he was a fucking dope. I mean, he was just, he was a nice kid, but he was fucking stupid. 
And um, it's a great name, Sturgill. Uh, it, was, it fit him. I mean, he had thick, thick ass glasses. He's goofy as shit. Um, but we were working. You know, I'm slinging hundred pound bags of concrete, pick up a couple at a time, and you know, I'm good at that kind of stuff. So Sturgill said something about to Austin Romaka, who's the, one of the funniest fucking people I've ever met. Said something about man, that, that Chuck's a strong guy. Austin, he said just in the, he said I don't know why I did it, but spur of the moment he's like, yeah, it's so amazing that he he's a gay guy. <laughs> and that's that, some, that's like something I would do. And blew Sturgill's mind. And Sturgill was very uncomfortable around me. And <laughs> like, you know, and then he didn't tell me for the longest time. And finally, he just mentioned it as an aside. Fucking Austin did. Oh, yeah, we told him you were gay. I was like, you fucking idiot. Why would you? I was like, I don't care. But he's been nervous around me this entire time. I think uh, the homophobia thing, it really come, it's really down to where like the people that are super homophobic aren't sure if they're not gay. Well, that's what I'm saying. People are, so somebody secure. super homophobic <laughs> is gay. Yeah, yeah, like that. Well, I mean, the Ted Haggard thing, he would always preach against it. And then yeah. he was found in a hotel room with That's, a gay hooker and meth. <laughs> and then he went and prayed the gay away. Yeah. <laughs> like, Duerte, that fucking idiot from. Uh, yeah, he said he, he said he was used to be gay once. Like, no, you're gay all the time. How the, the, it was well, a Joe Rogan joke. How do you how do you, how do you uh, cure that? Is it like uh, when your dad caught you smoking cigarettes and he makes you smoke <laughs> the whole pack? <laughs> All right, Chippendales, line up. Just to get just to get all the guys from blacks.com. Yeah. Well, I forget, I forget what I was watching. I think maybe Joe Rogan was a part of it. People were talking about how, um, like catcalling and shit like that, and like how like a woman walks by a big group of construction workers there, and they're like, "Oh, who? I want to fuck her. I want to fuck her more than you do." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to say something nastier than you'll say about you know. And and the whole thing is basically just a dick measuring contest to 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 prove who's not gay, who's who's the least gay, who's the le- the most not gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the gayest. Yeah, no, I like pussy better than you. <laughs> That's Ron White, who I—he's a good comedian. He's a hilarious comedian, and, and you know, and I—one <laughs> of his best jokes was—he's like, yeah, everybody's a little bit gay. Yeah, he's like—he was talking to one of his friends. He's like, I have this dumbass friend who's homophobic and all kinds of stuff, and he said. Uh, Hey, uh, Bill, you like porno, don't you? Hell yeah, you know I like porno. He's like, well, let me ask you something. When you're watching a porno, do you want to see a guy with a little tiny little dick, or do you want to see a guy with a great big hog? I want to see it. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a guy with a great big throbber. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I don't, it's such a silly thing. I mean, and, I, and, and then I had to have this, there's a guy who at work and, he tried to debate me that the Spartans weren't gay, and I had to inform him that indeed they were gay. That indeed that was a in, in Greek society was a very prevalent thing. For that was just part of their culture, yeah. and it didn't matter which city state you were in; it was just that part of the world at that time. And he can't he he, he can't understand and get that through his head that you can be both gay and a. Savage fucking powerful warrior It has nothing to do Your sexuality has nothing to do with how tough and strong you are As a person I mean like we were talking about Oberon Martell He's a great character Totally owned I mean did not give a shit Go fuck yourself This is who I am And also I'm going to beat your ass anyway You know what I mean I love that character That's really the coolest so. Yeah there's a A uh, former marine Who uh, was like in all the shit uh, like special ops and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and the whole time she was like, "I," because she was a man then, yeah. And she uh, came out and 
now she's a trans woman. Is that Matt Crock- Crockolasky? Is that who That's, that is? Uh, name is Kristen Beck. Okay, yeah. She's been on shows and stuff. Yeah, she's been on a few things. And, Didn't uh, she get into it with uh, Ben Shapiro, who, by the way, has turned out to be a massive cunt and not nearly as smart as we think he is. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I mean, know. I've seen I've seen debates where they don't fall for the bullshit he does. No, he can't. And he can't, and he can't handle it. No, he, he's really good at debating, like, 16-year-old yeah, girls that can't argue. Absolutely. But he, he got on BBC, and they were just asking him pointed questions and following a line of questioning, and he could not fucking take it. And the, the well, the guy's a troll too. Yeah, and he didn't like that. But he, that's also his shtick. That guy's a uh, a bit of a right winger, from what I understand. But he was just giving Ben Shapiro a bit of what Ben Shapiro gives everybody else, and he didn't like it. And Ben Shapiro, he he came out and admitted it. Like, yeah, he he, he uh, I fell for it, and he took me down. What am is that when you know? they got in the argument? He yeah. said, "I'll take you outside and beat your ass." You know. <laughs> no, that- <laughs> Well, uh, the thing with Ben Shapiro is he won't like he won't call like if a woman, the trans woman, used to be a man, he'll call them by their uh, old name. It's called dead naming. You're not supposed to do that, right? And I'll, I'll call anybody whatever they want. I've always I mean, that's, said that's their choice. If that, you that, tell that, me you're a, a raccoon, thing. I'll be like, cool beans, man. That's a respect thing. I mean, whatever you want to be called, I'm going to call you. That that's not my. That's see that that's that's fu- that's just the worst. He uses like a religious thing about it. I mean, whatever. Oh fuck that bullshit. <laughs> whatever, Ben. Yeah. Suck a dick, Ben. Go get another yarmulke, you fuck. I mean, it's just that doesn't make you world famous anti semite. No, I'm Chuck not. I'm not sex. saying an anti. I'm not saying that in an anti semitic way. I'm saying <laughs> that he is such a prick about it, and and you know that he does that. I don't know, man. It's just I can't stand for somebody to to lord the religion over somebody. Yeah, like, like that's. Yeah, I don't follow your bullshit. That's fine that you follow it. You know but he mean? does. He doesn't try to. He's not a proselytizer. He just he follows it and he doesn't expect it. I think it. that he is. I think that he tries to do it in a more subtle and insidious way. Maybe. I mean, in a, in a kind of a reasoned, and well, well, insidious is a good word for it because he'll he's he's a smart enough guy that he can make you think that what he's doing is okay and it's not okay. So. And the Yamaka thing, I was just saying it because he seems like the kind of guy that would do it as a, as an affectation. That's all I'm saying. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I that's I, I mean he, I don't have no problem with with Jewish people or yarmulkes or any of that stuff. I just don't. I mean, they but do I'm the saying that it's just, they do the thing. Um, he does the thing where you don't operate any like electricity after. After sundown on Fridays all the way till Saturday morning or something. I mean, so odd. I really don't pay much attention to him, but I, I almost feel like he's. I like, really only know him from Rogan. Yeah, I've, I, I almost feel like he is a, um, like an like an implant or something. Like he's like an actor, mm. playing playing some kind of role as the as the uh, sort of straw man alt right person sure. that they can have to. Well, he's Jewish and he's with us to to yeah. to whatever to mm. to do. But he constantly make says whatever he's not issue right. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't. Even, I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't. It's like that guy, that fucking asshole. Who's that guy with the beard? Who goes um, Murray Sanchez? <laughs> he's he's like, he only he's he's only famous and gets attention because the media keeps keeps covering it. It's like Trump. That's the only thing that it's the Same only principle. thing that that gives him, you know, his fame is the fame itself. It's like there's there's nothing no nothing. Sort of like Paris Hilton about him. Or, <laughs> yeah, but the uh, festival, uh, I got there. Early, and uh, sat around waiting for my friends, and um, they finally showed up. Hugs, catching up, blah blah blah. And then my best friend Andrew Atkins was playing right beside the Lost Paddle. How'd he do? He's great. I mean, he had um, another guitar player, 
it's like probably three quarters of the wild rumpus is where his guys he had a stand up base I love guy. that name <laughs> and it's from the where the wild things are right I the wild so. rumpus i think so yeah but uh he's great uh played all played hour and a half all originals except for maybe one or two um he made the joke twice he's and i've i, I use this joke all the time and he's seen me play a bunch at chimney corner i usually say uh well, what he said was, if you like me, my name's Andrew Atkins. If you don't, I'm Dutch Underwood. <laughs> He's actually said that. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, it depends on where I am. If I, if I play in Summersville, I'll say I'm Matt Kaiser. If you don't like me. Is Matt known up there? Yeah. They, they know him up there. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in Charleston, I'll say, um, Jeff Ellis or somebody else that he used it on me and I was, I booed him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so you. <laughs> And then I fought him afterwards. And he, he really took me to town. He he's got some hands. It was great. I was uh, I enjoyed it. Good harmony singer with him. Um, then we just kind of milled around for a while till four o'clock uh, when we went up to the main thing, and a guy named Rev Payton and his big damn band played. And I want to try to look some of them up. Is it Reverend? I think his name is just Reverend Rev. Okay. Here's in the um, this band was cool. Is just slide guitar and a lady with a wash. Uh, I like the wash tub. Wash, the, the, like the, the wash the, the washboard. Yeah. And a drummer, and the drummer had a uh, bucket as a tom. Look at him; he's a big old hoss too. Rev Payton and his big damn band, just so everybody knows. This guy was just overflowing with charisma on stage, too. No bass player or anything in the... Uh, sounds like there probably was one for the everybody recording. Everybody hail, everybody hail. We just came to raise a little hail. Everybody hail, everybody hail. We just came to raise a little hail. Pretty good stuff. I like it. Mean, there's, like there's like no. There's either no melody or no harmony at any given point. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it's a lot like that. Him just getting into it. I can't think of who to compare it to. It's just country blues. I liked it though. It's fun. I'll probably never listen to it on my own. But it's a country uh, stomp. Yeah, this is a stomp. Yeah. I'm not sure where he's from. I think maybe Tennessee. You know, I was thinking about this. As much as I've complained about music in recent years, I like the way music is going now. I think it's really not the shit on the radio. The radio, in my, to my estimation, is dying. It's not really. I'm saying that I'm thinking that music is going. People are getting into stuff because of the because of you're able to get on the internet and find stuff. I think that there's a lot of cool genres coming up, and you know, yeah. And well, the genres are being broken down. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like that like, Billie Eilish chick. Um, I've heard a few of her songs. It's just all over the map. Yeah, like, it's folk it's and they use hip-hop beats mm-hmm. underneath it 
Um, Music is a living, it's an entity. Like it kind of grows and, you know, unless it's at the behest of a, of a company of some kind, then they just, well, let's see, let's see what sells and we'll put that out, you know, so. Um, they, they, uh, they played for about an hour and a half and it was, it was solid. And then in between, whenever the bands were tearing down and they were bringing everybody back up, there's two dudes on the side. It kind of sounded like this. He'd sing like this and, uh, they would, they would play while people were setting up. So that was cool. Yeah. And then uh, a guy named Arlo McKinley and the Lonesome Sound played. And, uh, this is one, this is a song I really liked from them. It's called Don't Need to Know. But I don't, I don't. They kind of sound like the Zach Brown band a little bit to me. But this is, I mean, this is a song that I would write almost. This is better. Because a better singer, probably better looking. Mm. The guy probably has better shoes. Yeah, definitely better shoes. They had a better fucking band behind them than I've ever had. I'll tell you that. No offense. <laughs> no offense. To I don't anybody, take any. But these are professional them. fucking <laughs> musicians. You know, like. I like this. But, Is uh, that the state of Ohio? Yeah, he's from Ohio. Oh, okay. Very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. poor guy. <laughs> Why well, do you think he came to West Virginia to play? Yeah, I, I really like this song a lot. He had a bunch of good songs. Like, it got kind of powerful. Their last song, it got, like, powerful. And, then, like, it, it, I felt like I was at, like, a Pearl Jam show or something. And, but, uh, like, this is, like, a good good little chorus. Said a dirty word. It's who's doing what and who they do anywhere. I don't need to know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it a lot. It's good. But um, had a solid band like the drummer, the fucking the bass player looked like a McPoyle from uh, Always Sunny. (laughs) Doyle McPoyle. You know, he actually he actually looked like Mark Neal, who passed away last year or two years ago. If you remember him, he's from Golly. He's a drummer. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know him. I mean, I, was, I don't think I, know I went him. to school with I Mark. Played baseball with him. He was my age, so we were we were in class. Like when I went to die. motorcycle accident in oh, California. Shit. Ran a motorcycle underneath a truck. Or, he got a crotch rocket and did some crotch rockety shit. Well, that's Jeff Woodson. I mean, yeah, I remember him. Uh, Jeff. I don't know if he was at fault or if it was, you know. Yeah, I've, it doesn't matter to me. But I just I, I don't like crotch rockets. I don't think I think they're I, I kind of don't like motorcycles at all. I mean, I, I have one and I've you, know, you have a motorcycle. Yeah, I, and well, it's it's like a little like vintage like dirt bike. Oh, okay. I think it's just in my shed. It's I, I need to work on it. I mean, I took a motor. I attempted to take a motorcycle across the country, and it broke down in Indiana. That's really what cool, a though. Shit place to break down. Too. I know, There's right? A 500 cc was Royal, it in, Royal Enfield. Like was it winter time? Bike. Whenever you broke down in Indiana? No, it was summer. Okay. Whew. <laughs> that would be an awesome. Thing I just to realized. Do, why would you be riding a motorcycle then, uh, across the country in winter? Time? Oh, that's a funny story. I could actually. I've got so many stories. It's ridiculous. I don't even tell. So okay, the, the awkward silence. So I'll tell the story. So uh, so I I decide. Basically, that I need to change my life, and I'm unhappy, and nobody loves me, and I decide I'm just going to, I have to go out west, I've never been out west, and I want to learn farming, and I want to explore, mm-hmm. and I want to do it via motorcycle, even though I'm not experienced on a motorcycle, and dad had this Royal Enfield, it's just like a British 
they're made in India now, but it's like a looks like a military bike or something. It looks like a Nazi bike, olive green. Oh, cool! But single cylinder, like really caveman simple. But I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. I don't know how to work on that shit. And I tried to learn as much as I could before I left, and you know, get safe on it. Never had my license. Didn't have insurance. <laughs> Fuck it. Only way to go. Shit. Fuck it. Yeah. I got a helmet and a couple backpacks and a little miniature guitar. There you go. And uh, so I, I said, I'm basically either I'm going to die on this motorcycle or die some other way, or I'm going to improve my life one or the other because of this journey. So I went out, you know, in a west and day two, I was in Indiana. It rained the whole time. <laughs> as soon as I left, <laughs> it started sucks. raining and it That's didn't terrible. stop. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and the bike started, started doing this thing where it was like, just like shutting down. I didn't know what's going on. And then finally it shut down and I it didn't start back up. And I was in the middle of, I was bum fuck Indiana, like just flat, nothing cornfields. And I, I stopped in front of this long driveway and, uh, I started working on the bike and then I was like, this is definitely, and these fucking big, two big hosses come, come strut, got strutting up the, up their driveway. And I'm like, Oh God, you know, here I am. And they're like, what seems to be the problem, buddy? You know, all intimidating and whatnot. And they were like, I'll tell you what, let's let's push this thing. Let's push this thing into our garage here. We're all mechanics. So we'll <laughs> And it was just fa- happened. And it was on Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so they did and they all sat around and tried and I was like, I have no I've this no idea why it's not starting. They just couldn't figure it out. And so so I was so I was just like, you know, uh, okay, well I need to figure out what I'm gonna do. It's like, would it, would you would you be uh, behooved if I set up if I it was kind of getting late in the evening if I uh, pitched a tent here in your yard and just you know let me camp out in your yard until I figure out what I'm going to do? Yeah, that's fine. They took me in and we played uh, we played um, what's that game with the hammers hitting the hitting the ball through the little hoops croquet. Mm-hmm. I played croquet with their family and I fucking crushed them. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave me potato salad and chicken and I camped in their yard. <laughs> And I kind of just made friends with these people right off the bat. That's really cool. They're like just all American family and had meaningful conversations with them. And uh, then I went to sleep that night and it fucking rained again. And it rained so much that I was like on an island with like a six inch. Like he said, you don't want to set up your tent there. and made me move it. And I figured out why, because it rained like an inch and a half that night. Damn. And I just kind of stayed in there, and it was raining. He, he came to the tent. I just stayed in the tent, and he eventually came. I was like, okay, buddy, you know, make a decision. What do you want to do? So I packed up my tent, and I said, just take me into town. I'm going to go to a hotel. Um, we'll just put the bike in your garage here, and I'll, I'm going to call a company, have them, a shipping company come pick it up, if you wouldn't mind. He said, that's fine. We'll hold it for you. And so I paid like $500 to have some private company come pick up the bike and ship it back home. And I uh, got a rental car and a bottle of tequila, and I kept going. Fuck yeah. And then I... Where'd you end up? I was a, I was in Montana for a couple months. What's it, it like? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Like big sky country. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like, I mean. What are the towns like? Like, you know, like they are here. They're all different. You know, there's some that are very touristy and then there's some that are very red, very rural redneck, don't like outsiders. And But people in Montana are, are really Salt of the earth for the most part, really Friendly. good people. Yeah. But it's like it's just a different culture. Like like um, open containers legal. The, the speed the speed limits are all like eighty. Damn. Everywhere. Wow. Everybody drives like a maniac. There's like people wrecking die all the time. Um, I mean, it's, 
is interesting how they, they have a very free culture in a lot of ways, but they also have like a conservative kind of, um, like they're just stand up people. Mm-hmm. They're just very quintessential Americans. Um, and then I, so I was in Glacier National Park there for a while and I, did, I spent three weekends there. That's, that was the shit. That's an amazing park. If you, if you, get, if you have to pick one to go to, that's better than Hawk's Nest. Yeah, better than Hawk's Nest is underrated. I like Hawk's Nest. Ha- Hawk's Nest is much. amazing, but no, Glacier's huge. I mean, it's it's insanity. And it's like up close to Canada. It's like mm-hmm. and um, it's Continental Divide. I mean, I, I drove through places in I drove through places in July where there was nine feet of snow. I was hiking in I was hiking and in, in falling into three feet of snow in July. I was in the mountains that far back oh backcountry hiking by myself. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I hiked. I hiked the Continental Divide. Hiked up to the Continental Divide. Spent the night by myself. Like type of hike where you get where you you get back and you just collapse because your feet are just like blisters. Well, that I mean, but that's really. See, but I did it. But that was and that was and that was just my weekend. Yeah. And I would go farm all week. <laughs> but that's there are so many people, me included, who wish I had. Okay, not wish I could shirk the responsibilities that I have, you know, my daughter, all that stuff, but ha- have the the bravery to do that. Even if I didn't have any responsibilities, I probably was wouldn't do it, you know, because I just, I actually had, you know, I was telling Dutch, I actually, when I worked at Cedar Point one year, I actually had a job f- for the winter at Vail, Colorado. I had the job and I didn't go. Like, all I had to do was go out and get on the bus and get there. And I didn't go because I was scared. Well, it's dumb. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, what was I scared of? You know, maybe maybe your gut was right. Maybe you would have died out there. So, you know, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but that, that would that would have been fine. I mean, it's like you know, I believe I'm firmly believe that everything in life you need to learn, you can find out. You can learn through Pixar movies, and one of them is <laughs> Finding Nemo, where you know he won't let him ever do anything, and you know they're like, you know, you have to let him. You have to let go And like He's like Well I don't know What's gonna happen She's like Well It could be something good He said It could be something bad It could be something good You never know You're just gonna have to do it You know So that was like a metaphor You you have to Do stuff And you know I, I played it safe All my life And I'm doing okay now But for the most part It didn't get me It didn't do me very much It didn't behoove me Let's mm, put it that way so. Youth is wasted on the young Is you what know, they say It's sort of like uh, But still young though I mean, we, we talked about it Before the show Frampton He um he found out about Mountain Music Festival that they didn't have comedy, so he bullied them That's into awesome. having comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him doing that too. Let me tell you something, my friend. You can hear him. Um, that'd be awesome too, because sometimes I'm just tired of listening to the damn music and just listening to some somebody talk. Yeah, they had multiple you need, stages. You need, you need a palate cleanser yeah. sometimes. But so yeah, so I was in Montana, and then after that I was in Oregon, and I was on like a bunch of different farms. Some of them I stayed at longer than others. Uh, there was a terrible farm, the worst farm ever in Oregon. I was I was there for three days. What made it terrible? There was uh, black people there. <laughs> the woman there was just it was just one old disabled woman who was a fucking cunt. Really, Colleen Monahan. Ooh, we're dropping names. Colleen Monahan. If you ever want to get that smoke, come come to West Virginia. Eat a dick. She was awful. I gave it I gave it my all for three days, and I said, "Fuck you, I'm moving on." And then the place I went to after that, I wasn't, you know, I, was, I called him. I was like, "Can I? Is it okay if I come early?" Because I'm this, I explained the situation to him. 
He was like, he's like, dude, run! Like, come right now. We're putting on we're, we're putting on a music festival here, and we could use your help. Oh, that's awesome! And I went there, and it was like I it was like literally like walking into Shangri La, and there were girls walking around in bikini, you know, a couple girls walking around in bikinis. I was greeted with beer and weed. Oh my god! And it's just beautifully landscaped, and it's just like it's basically the what I'm trying to build. The, the thing that inspired Cardinal Island Farms was this place. This is the best place I've ever been in my life, and I stayed there for two or three months. And uh, as happy as I've ever been, um, by far, first time I was ever truly happy. And Why then, did you leave? well, I got the call from West Virginia. Oh, that was my dad screaming into the phone, like, ah! I'm like, what's going on, Dad? I'm in the hospital. <laughs> round two, cancer. Round two. Yeah, because he didn't. You know, he just kept smoking and eating shit, so the cancer came back. He beat it. He beat it the first time. He got the chemo and the radiation. He was he was cancer free when I left, and so I said okay. And I wasn't I wasn't going to go back. I wasn't I wasn't going back to West Virginia at that point. Yeah. I was going to move to Portland or somewhere. I was going to do something or stay there. I don't know. I was not going back. I was like I'm happy. Why the fuck would I go back to that shithole? And uh, Dad got the cancer. I came back. I knew I knew what was up. I knew he was going to die. I knew that I that I was the one that would have to go take care of him and watch it happen, and that's what happened. And the rest has been, except for the past, you know, year and a half, which has been really great. My life has been pretty much pure hell <laughs> from that point on. <laughs> Ever since I came back to this fucking place. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, was, I mean, I could go on. I mean, there's there's all kinds of there's some fucking sob stories no, no, I can tell I you about you know? what happened. After that, my dad died in my arms. You know, the stuff that happened after was worse. No, but uh, you know, doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. So here I am. That's what Kelly Clarkson said. Close, close to being, you know, pretty close to being a happy person. Actually, we're getting there. That's, that's good. That's very yeah. good. Yeah, but uh, that's my that's my the abbreviated version that's of your origin story the, of the, the last notes. you know 2011 to now last mm. eight years um oh and then i released an album about yeah. the whole experience that no one gave a shit about i gave a shit about it i he pump did. it up every time i hate it every time i can <laughs> i played two actually wrote, songs on the actually wrote, show. I actually wrote a lot of the album or complete you know kind of cohered a lot of the album at myrtle Glen, which is that the form that i was happy at I mean, it had a recording studio on it too so i was going to record there but Things happened. Do you think you could ever get somebody to like take care of your farm briefly and go back out there for a little bit? Or yeah, it's a plan. I mean, the pe- different people own it now, but I, I could, I'm sure that I could go like wolf for them. They, they, I figure I could. Um, and then there's another farm, in Montana. I really want to visit. I'm still like I, I chat with them on Facebook all the time. They want me to come back, and I, yeah, I plan to, but maybe not. Well, it's like it's you know. Uh, Everything, everywhere you go, there you are. It's not. Sure. I, I don't want to build this place up into my head like going there is suddenly going to make me you change my life or something. It's like the first time was was good enough. Sure, I'd like to visit again and visit some visit these people. And I made a lot of friends, you know, during the journey that I'm still in contact with. Somewhat, most of them don't talk to me, but whatever. Um. But some of them do. Some of them like don't tell me they love me and they miss me and they want me to come. You know, that's cool. You know, hooked up with a lot of girls while I was out there. Met a lot of great women. Well, I was out there stuffing pud cross country. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really, really for trying some to make reason, stuff and pud. For some happen. reason, as soon as I left West Virginia, women started liking me. 
<laughs> women here don't fucking they won't even they won't even look at me like they're scared of me or something we should start a club well you're different you're different than it's it's me. yeah and and people are pussies it's like i'm not that i'm not that unapproachable i don't i don't understand why people i, I just i'm not able to see myself the way other people see me i'm confused by other people well, I think I, there's a lot of that going around this table. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking not wrong about that. I'm confused by people. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's 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 a pretty good story, and I could go into there's all kinds of tangents within that that arc, but that's that's weird that it's been eight years for you because it was eight years. You know, it's been eight years since I got sober. So that means it's been eight years since I moved back from Carolina Beach, and it was one of the last times you got drunk here with me. We met at. George's no <laughs> I mean that was one of the last times I got drunk here like I left briefly after that like my folks gave me a bunch of money they knew it was a mistake but they just didn't know what else to do because I was I was I was fucked up like I was my heart was completely crushed and you know it was just bad so I moved down there and yeah I got drunk I got really drunk for two years but um no then I moved back and for the first two years I was back, it was fucking terrible. I mean, it was just. Then I met somebody and she died, and that was that sucks. That was hard. Yeah, we. You she she you was. Didn't, you didn't kill her, did you? She. Did I she, mean, you can't prove anything. She <laughs> passed while you were together. No, it was after we yeah. we had met. She had come down from Canada, and. Uh, we stayed in a hotel and we went out and she had never had biscuits and gravy. Apparently, oh, in Canada, Jesus Christ, what a treat! Did you you, you change know. this woman's life? <laughs> yeah, she was like this, and she she was a cook in a restaurant and stuff. And she's like, I'm gonna start making this at home. It's like, all right. And she's like, when if I make this, will you come up and see me? And that I kind of broke my heart when I thought about it, you know. But um, no, she had gone back and we it just wasn't gonna work. She wanted me to move to Canada. I'm like, honey, I'm not moving to Canada. I'm not a fucking Canadian. What the? <laughs> but she's like, well, you'll be closer to your daughter and everything. And she made a good case. And I would have been actually, ironically, in Canada, I would have been closer to my daughter than I was here. Um, yeah. Because she was, they were in uh, around Toronto. So it was, actually, London, no, t- Ontario. London, Ontario is where it was. Um, but I just, and, you know, I loved her, but I, we, it was new and I didn't know if it was going to work. And then, she had met another man. He was a good. He was a good dude, um, and I was happy for her. And then she, we had a conversation, and we kind of fought a little bit. But then at the end, you know, it was a I love you and I love you too. And then two days later on Facebook, I saw somebody had gotten on her Facebook and said, "This is uh, this is Dan Tara's." Um. Fiance and Tara died in her sleep. Jesus. And yeah, that's how I found out. And I was that that really fucked me up. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean That was really tender, Dutch, thank you. I mean it, 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 oh. I'll add I'll add to the insensitivity a little bit. I mean, you kinda dodged a bullet though, didn't you? I mean if you if you had moved saying if you had moved up there and, and she had died and then she died on your watch, it would have been even worse, right? One way to think about it It's It is And maybe it was inevitable I mean She died of heart failure And She was a bigger that, That's not something That just happens Because oops I Sure um, but She was a She was a, a, a bigger girl But she wasn't You know 
big enough that that would have been a, a, a an issue. I mean, she was she was very shapely. You know, she wasn't overly heavy or anything. And um, but she was starting to like. You know, I, I I was in the gym and she was starting to walk and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, she was and she did it. She's told me she did it because of me. And maybe I could have helped. I don't know. I mean, it's just something. I, no, you can't. You can't look back and think, what if? I mean, it's, it haunted me for still does. I found pictures over the other day um, that I'd put in a shoebox. And that was, that was a tough one. Uh, I actually contacted one of her friends and uh, because I maybe want to go see her grave. You know, if I, you know, could take a trip up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, well, you should get in t- contact with her brother. And I haven't done that yet because I don't know how to do that. So. <laughs> God, you're such a fucking <laughs> <laughs> so I know how to do one about sad things. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> help it. It's all right. I'm the, ga- I'm, the king I'm, of gallows humor. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just saying it was. You know, we're telling stories, and I'm you know <laughs> spinning yarns, and one that's I, something that happens. One thing I want to say about that festival, I, uh, of course, ran into Ricky, Don, uh, and uh, Brienne, mm-hmm. and uh, Brienne comes through in a pinch with a little bit of. Marijuana, neat, because that's her. Like, <laughs> she's really, she's really awesome. Her, she's great. We had yeah. a good time. Um, but I wanted, I want to point out, like, almost everybody there was from West Virginia, mm-hmm. and it was all the different. Uh, I made jokes about white people, like, look at all the white people, all this who hate other white people, yeah. And then um, Brandon's girlfriend was like, "Yeah, it's not really all that diverse." And I said, "Well, when you think about it, and, and you're not from here, but when you think about it, you got all." Of the different enclaves of you got the holler cats, mm-hmm. an accurate ratio ratio representation of actual West yeah, Virginia. You got the holler cats, you got the rednecks, you got the preppy boys, you got the frat boys. Mm-hmm. You, you had all of them there, and I said, That's, "I've seen like fifteen black people. You had transgender people, you had gay people, you had all of it." I said, "I've seen like fifteen black people, and I got to be honest, they're probably overrepresented here." <laughs> to be quite honest, I mean, yeah, that's not not. Like I'm saying in a racist way, mm-hmm. but like just the percentage, of, just you know? in terms of the actual statistics, yeah. of- and everybody together, all these different people together having a good time dancing to having MMF threesomes. Yes, definitely having MMF threesomes. I guarantee you, a lot of that happened. <laughs> <laughs> all this, all everything you hear about West Virginia being backwards and racist, and and all this stuff, and it is in a lot of ways, just like everywhere else is. Sure, but everybody was together, like passing around joints and fucking high fiving each other and hugging people they just met. That's it awesome. I love awesome. that kind of stuff. It was great. And doing designer drugs. Yes, if you're with the coolest ones. They definitely were. And Andy told me he said uh, from from uh, after the Tyler Childers concert because he was up there. I just didn't see him. He was on the side of the stage because he was a performer. He was uh, backstage. He said from midnight on Friday or Saturday, I guess, after the Tyler Childers show till about six this morning. Me and about two hundred and fifty people that I know very well or just kind of know spent the entire time trying to kill ourselves with alcohol and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Next time he comes on, I want him to tell the full story. He sent me a picture from that. Yeah, the one up here. Yeah. So if I could describe my night. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is the reason I'm quitting drinking for June. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's we get the bad reputation, but there was nothing but harmony and fucking peace and, and love that night. That's the best. 
I mean, I love that. At, after Tyler Childers, the two dudes came up on stage, uh, on the side stage while the other band was setting up. And uh, they start playing like a fast, like bluegrass minor key, very Appalachian type mm-hmm. thing, bluegrass thing. And then out of nowhere, I'm standing at the back now because I, I'm not staying for the next band. And um, just fireworks start going off. And I'm I'm just a little high. And I'm just sitting there watching the fireworks while they're doing this. It, and it's building and building and building. And it gets to the grand finale. And I, it was, I had like a weird, almost uh, psychedelic experience. That's awesome. That was happening. I was like... It was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was, I, I want to go do that again. But but on mushrooms. Yeah, I want to try that. I probably If I'd have just asked around, I'd probably could not, not you. I know. I'm, you know, I'm saying I can't. It might be a bad set and setting for uh, my first time. But No, yeah. I, I prefer, I mean, I'm, I would be fine in that setting, but I would prefer to be like just with a few friends or by myself. I wish I could. Be somebody that could do that, but I'm. It's just not. Oh, it's you're not in. Some people don't need it. Everybody's different. Some people don't. Yeah, don't shouldn't be taking psychedelics. But I get so caught up in things. I do have things like that happen often. Like not not necessarily psychedelic, psychedelic, but I get so into a moment and the energy of things that things are almost a blur, and it's almost you know it's weird. Your brain's its own drug. Yeah. So. Like I'll get. Like we went down to before we went on the on the cruise, which. That never Where you met Todd, <laughs> Cruise Master Todd, Chad, um, Todd and Chad. <laughs> they had an MMM piece. No, we were in uh, the best part of the whole trip is we went out to Charleston, South Carolina, in the in the in the summer. You know, so we got to this little seafood restaurant and. There's uh, like an inlet out there with a little bridge over it, and they've got lights in the trees, and people are walking. You know, there's not there's hardly any cars, and I was just like, it was intoxicating. I'm like, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen because it was so. I don't know. It was almost Sylvan. It was like it was like something out of the realm of fairy. You know, it's like it's like this is you know there's fireflies and there's you know and Annie's down there. We're out looking at stuff and you know it's really warm and the air is just it's just beautiful. It's absolutely one another thing I liked about it is just all the weirdos at the festival. Like they had platforms set up for hula hoop girls and girls would just climb up and just hula hoop along with the music and if the music sped up they'd go faster and they'd do things with them and they'd jump them and it was so like is this a, whole, a hippie festival uh, it, kind it, of i mean yes but all festivals are mm-hmm. unless it's like an edm or something like that but um there was fire dancers they had like a thing with guardrails around it where people were just had like fire things and they were juggling well, they call and it, dancing with they call them. it poe or something i think so yeah and it was just i mean and everybody just cool with each other. I didn't. I think there was a fight in front of us during. Oh, really? But uh, like two chicks, of course. <laughs> but everybody just having a good time. This it was like a weird sense of oneness that maybe everything is going to be okay. I don't know. There's but also, my feet hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> just standing there for four. Well, I fucking hate that shit. I had that feeling. Next time too. I'm bringing, I'm going to just. Be cool if there's like somebody I want to see. If I want to go to that again, I'm just going to bring lawn, lawn chairs and sit in the back because I don't need to. Be, Tyler Childers isn't going to be like, "Hey, Dutch Underwood, what's up?" <laughs> and if you want to get up and walk around and get closer for yeah, for I this can, or that, you can. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's not like Tyler Childers is going to call me up on stage to sing "The Waiting" by Tom Petty with. Me. I know you want him to do that, Dutch. Let it go. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm putting that out there, but um, <laughs> I think you get what you uh, put out there. So uh, the uh, law of attraction or whatever. No, I knew it was going to be okay as a as a as a race because I went to the dollar store to get myself some stuff for lunch, and they had carrot cake, carrot cake Oreos. Oh. Everything Things you are looking up for old Every- taters. <laughs> Everything you want them to be. <laughs> <laughs> Ate the entire sleeve. <laughs> Why wouldn't you eat the entire sleeve? You guys want to do favorite things while we're here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, an ad. Why wouldn't they have an ad for a 55,000-year-old song? Fuck me, right? Raindrops on roses... And whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles, and warm. You know, it's been a pretty good show when we're just now getting to this an hour and a half in. Yeah, but it might be. Uh, have to cut this one short. For mm. you can cut it short. Me and John keep going. I know. Where'd you go? Where'd Is you that go? really necessary? Yes. Okay. He's got to go to work at four, so he has oh, to shit. have. His, he has to have his hour of. Um, dreading going to work before he goes to. No, work. actually, I don't. I'm, it's it's not that anymore. I just like to have. Enough time to sit down and get get my work clothes together and get my lunch together and all that stuff. You know, it's just, okay. So say a favorite thing, then dipshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, a couple things. I finished uh, the Witchwood Crown, which is the Tad Williams book from the new uh, Austinard trilogy. It was a fantastic fucking book. Um, Not things are not going well. I mean, even le- you know, even less though than in the first series. Um, it's just, and then uh, as like I said, at the same time, I'm, I'm almost done with the uh, with the Terry Brooks book, the Wish Song of Shannara, and it is just night and day. The uh, of course, in Terry, Terry Brooks' defense, he wrote that in the early '80s, and he has become a much better writer since. Yeah, he's then. probably all kinds of coke and. Stuff. <laughs> no, not in fantasy. He was probably writing it in his parents' basement. I mean, he's a drinking out of a goblet. Yeah, <laughs> he he has become a he's a legitimate fantasy pair. You know, uh, powerhouse and an epic a person in the industry. Like when he releases a book, it's going to be a bestseller. The Shinar series became it's a big deal. Yeah, the Shinar series became a a guaranteed bestseller every time. You know, because people loved it. Um, but that's also because the book. It wasn't because people just hate buying it. <laughs> This is the dumbest. Like, like the fucking Starbucks thing. I hate you for being so non creatures So I'm going to give you my money to buy your product. I'm going to buy a coffee. Idiot. And my name that you write on the cup is going to be Christmas. That guy. Needs, that? that guy needs to be taken out in the street and shot. Um, I swear to God, Starbucks had to pay this guy to do that. God, he's such a fucking moron. But anyway, um, both and you know, I love the Terry Brooks book too. Because it's almost a a panel of what not to do <laughs> when you're when you're trying to write a, a truly epic fantasy of depth and and you know the characters are you know you teach you you learn more about things that fail than you do about things that succeed. You win or you learn. Um, and Terry Brooks learned from that and wrote great books after that. Like just after this one, they started to get really good. But anyway, uh, the Tad Williams book was great. Can't wait for the next one. Um, the Dark Tower, uh, not the Dark Tower, the Dark Crystal trailer for the new Dark Crystal has dropped. It's fucking amazing. Like, because it's the perfect blend of puppetry. They put a little bit of CGI in there to, to offset some of the things that happened when you use puppets. Um, 
Have you seen The Dark Crystal? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then you're, I mean, did you like it? Is this a Netflix or yeah. Amazon? Yeah. Well, the, you're, you'll love this then. I love the music they pick for it, too. I mean, it, it kind of, it, it always kind of creeped me out. Well, I think it's meant to, in a way. So creepy. Is the darkening. Behold. I love it. That's going to be pretty cool. Great, man. I love the story. It is so the story. The, the, the legend is, is that Jim Henson got snowed in at a bus at a, at a airport. So this was early eighties. That came out in like 81, I think, or some shit. And so it was probably even in the late seventies. And he, all he had to occupy his time was, I think he had a book to read and then he had a sketchbook. So he just sat down and started sketching. He was an amazing artist, too, by the way. Not just puppets, but could draw so well. And he sketched out so many things for the Dark Crystal and just made up the story. I mean, how epic of an imagination did this guy have? I mean, he was... Yeah, absolutely. He's, I mean, it was it's nuts. And that story has all these archetypes. It has... You know, the basic story is that there was this race of creatures and everything was balanced and everything was the way it should have been. But then, you know, something happened and they decided to get more power some way and they they were going to send it to the dark crystal. The crystal cracked, sent out a shard of it, and two different creatures were created out of these one creatures. The, the more evil aspects of them became the Skeksis and the good aspects of them, which were also somewhat useless aspects of them, became the Mystics. And they, they do explore that. I wasn't being mean about the Mystics. The Mystics are just kind of in a dream world of of kind of like hippies that don't do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the Skeksis were driven and empire-minded, but evil and, and hungry, and they really have no redeeming qualities so it's the coolest thing because at the end you know they come back together and form and they said we we tried to do something wrong and, and we were wrong so i i can't wait to see uh how they're going to do this because it is a prequel so it's not going to end well mm. you know there's only there i see more than one gelfling there's only two gelflings left is it a limited the, series or is it going to be it's a limited ongoing? okay so there's doing probably 10 eps sure 
beginning, middle, and end. And then they might. And then they might do a sequel after that. They might actually do after. Actually, somebody wrote a really good sequel in comic books, and I and I read it, and it was, it was good. It, it would it, it'd make a great show. So, we can only hope, man. Netflix and all these. I love the way they just throw money at stuff and say, "Make something awesome." There you go. You know. I'm hearing that Netflix might be going down though, because mostly what people watch is The Office and uh, Friends. <laughs> they don't watch the new stuff. A lot. I mean, they do, but like most well, well, most people just have it for well, Disney, background noise. Mm-hmm. Disney streaming is coming. Yeah, that's coming, and that's going to change stuff. And the, uh, yeah. Netflix is not going to be able to have the and content it's that they have. Because Disney streaming is only going to be like seven ninety nine, and month. they own mm-hmm. everything. Well, DCU has their own streaming service now too, mm-hmm. and they're going to start making shows. See, I think DC is they're playing fourth dimensional chess right now. Like they're not that they didn't mean not not that they meant to fail with their movies, but I think they're thinking ahead. They're like, well, we didn't quite make it, but some of the shows are coming out with are great. Like apparently, Doom Patrol is awesome. The Swamp Thing is coming out. You know, you that have all cool. yeah, all you have all these really cool things that could really happen and change the game for them. I think they've conceded the fact that they're not going to challenge Marvel at the box office. You know, they've cast Robert Pattinson as Batman. <laughs> Don't shit on it. Because no, I'm not going to shit on it yet. I, I mean, I've I'm, seen I've, I've seen him. I've never watched the uh, the. He's not a bad movies. actor. I've seen him in other things. He's fucking good. He's a good actor. They just have to bulk him up a little bit if you're going to be bad. It's going to have to be more than a little bit, and they're going to have to age him down. It's going to be have to be an earlier version of Batman. It's going to have to be. He's young. He's yeah. a very young guy. So it's it's not a, it's not the battle weary old man bitten Batman. from you know from Affleck Affleck Batfleck, which I thought could have worked out great, but nobody just. I thought he did a good job. He did a good job. He was given he did a good job, and if he had. Not gotten spooked and fucking rolled his sleeves up, he could have saved that fucking franchise. But I think he just didn't want to be bothered with it after a while. You know, he's just like, well, that sucked. And he, I, I think, after the the minute that happens, when he actually went and saw the Justice League movie and saw how, what a piece of shit it was. I mean, Justice League movie was a piece of shit. It was awful. Yeah, I liked some of it, but not all of it. Not most of it, but I liked some of it. There was some good stuff, but. Mostly. The only good the CGI part, was kind of garbage too. Oh, it was more than a little garbage. It was awful. The great, the best part was Superman waking up and just fucking being mad. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was going to say that, that the best part of it is just beating the dog shit out of the rest of the rest of Justice League. <laughs> it was pretty great. And, I mean, he, you know, he's Superman for a reason, and I like the fact that it's not okay, guy. <laughs> I like the fact that Aquaman. You know, they make him out to be as badass as he is, but basically he grabs. He said, "I can't hold him," <laughs> and he gets thrown. You know? <laughs> and then. You know, Wonder Woman, while tough, you know, she headbutts him and he, boom, and he hits her back and she falls down, you know. It's like headbutting a Samoan. Yeah, you're not you're not going to win that fight. All of you together can't win that fight. I mean, he he is the, the most awesome superhero. Like, there's nobody in the Marvel Universe, not even Captain Marvel, who could, who could swing with Superman. She just can't. She don't want that smoke. He is a Superman. It's not just a uh, it's not average guy. It's not uh, above average Mike Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> that was the wrestler's name. <laughs> the and greatest fucking gimmick I've ever heard. And of. He was indeed below average. <laughs> <laughs> John, anything favorite of yours this week? Um, I got some things I could. There's a couple new positive asshole. Of course we want to hear positive asshole. He's the greatest of all time. Of course. He's the goat. He's why we come here every week. Him and Super Hummin'. And there's this one. 
Wait a minute. Go. Stupid asses and pussies. When Tom Brady loses the Super Bowl, he doesn't blame whoever won. He blames himself because he played like shit. And when Tom Brady wins, then he says that he won because he played good. Even though the other team was great, he won. But when a politician loses, then everybody's fucking bitter as fuck. Stupid as fuck. Blaming everybody else but themselves. Both sides. You're a bunch of fucking pussies. You can't take fucking responsibility for shit. You can't even take it for yourself. So next time you lose, lose, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) He let the camera go just a little too long, which made it so perfect. (laughs) Uh, Then there's... This guy's making a lot of sense. Then there's another one. This is actually an older one, but he posted it. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) Fuck off, man. Fucking tired of all these people. I'm learning, you know, on my Facebook and, and, and just in general and myself and taking meds and doing all whatever I'm supposed to do. Fuck you. But I learn stuff. I'm not old enough to where I'm going to sit here and say that I know everything because I watch a little fucking wooden box in my goddamn living room. It tells me I know it all. Is he wearing an apron? Fuck you, man. Yeah. Is he that wooden box guaranteed. We've been over this. fucking plastic piece of shit. Sorry. <laughs> You're fucking nothing. You're sitting here defending all these motherfuckers in the government and in the press and stuff when look what your kids have. Nothing. What are your kids going to have in the future? Nothing. <laughs> How's your CNN? How's your Fox News? <laughs> How's your goddamn government? How's your Social Security? Fuck you. <laughs> what are your fucking kids going to have? In 20 years, 30, 50, they're going to have nothing. And they're going to create more, and they're going to have nothing. And what are you doing about it? You're posting fucking news articles on Facebook about your wonderful fucking Democrat or Republican president that is fucking you over. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know the truth. I don't even know if people are going to hear that. Like you're, the the yeah. <laughs> you're just so fucking brainwashed and caught up from the media that you're fucked. You even let them override what you <laughs> do radio for your fucking kids. Let me ask you: Can you turn off your news station for one fucking week? Can you block all your news feeds? Maybe watch local news to know what's going on. To stop brainwashing that ass. Because that's what you are. So many of my friends have turned into straight up pussies. Brainwashed fucking stupid assholes. Fuck you and your Snopes. Fuck (laughs) and your fact-checking bullshit. Fuck you. If you're fact-checking on the internet, then that shows how stupid you are already. <laughs> Everyone go fuck yourself. Think for yourself. Try to not let CNN make your decisions for you tomorrow. <laughs> Try to not let the government decide if you need guns or not. Maybe you do need guns and you just can't admit it because you're a pussy. Maybe the next time you get robbed, if someone gets shot, maybe you could have had a gun and stopped it. 
But the media wants you to think that if they have the control, and that if the government has the control, you're better off. Let's give all the control to the fucking government. Let's watch the news. Let's vote for our politicians. Vote them in. Yeah, Fisher, if you don't fucking vote, then you're just as, as bad as everyone else is. No, I'm just admitting that I know that it doesn't fucking matter. Just like you don't. You're just another fucking number. So am I. At least I fucking admit it. You fucking asshole. Jesus. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> what an inspiration. Salty. What a peach. <laughs> Salty today. <laughs> no, this is some new positive asshole. And um, uh, I will get into this. This is kind of on bridge, but it's also a favorite thing. The, so the, the clickbait's been going around of all these, you know, um, BuzzFeed and all these other articles coming out with articles comparing me with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, they're all over the place. It's an apt comparison, and I it don't is. normally. Usually, I just let it slide. But I've, I've, I've actually. Decided. You're not one to respond to these type of things. But I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm fed up. I'm here to set the record straight and clear up exactly what's going on here. Um, yes, yes, me, Keanu, and I are kind of the same person. We do look very much alike, have a lot of the same talents, um, but um, he is slightly better looking than me. He has a slightly better body than me. He is better with a handgun than mm, me. Yeah, you've seen him. I've seen him train. Yeah, he's good. Like they legit train. Um, Gun fu. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's called. Um, a couple other things, and uh, but but I'm 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 better. I'm I'm better. It's, I've got you know certain things over him too. I'm I'm better at philosophy. Mm-hmm. Deeper, darker sense of humor. More prepared for shit hits fan scenario. Far more prepared than he'll ever be. Yeah, um, but other than that, we're pretty much the same. I mean, I agree with 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 eighty percent of those clickbait articles that say you know John Morgan and Keanu Reeves are they the same? You've never seen him at the same place, at the same time. That's true. We are we are actually genetically separate human beings. We we don't occupy really the same, we don't occupy the same body. It's, I mean, the the conspiracy that we are in fact the same. Person you might be soul is, twins. It is not true, but. We're so eerily similar that I can kind of, you know, understand. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but you played the role of Neo in the second two uh, Matrix movies. Yeah. Yeah. And they also, uh, you know, they also don't know that when the movie Speed came out, of course, I was like a really little kid. Mm-hmm. But they asked me to come on as a as a stunt double, but I t- my parents wouldn't let me because that sucks. I had to go to school. Yeah. yeah. You got to go to school. Because school's so important. You got to get that learning. You gotta get your learn on reading, writing, arithmetic, the three R's. Mm. So, you know, it's a favorite thing. Is you know, I wanted to clear that up. Can I ask you an honest question? If the shit were to hit the fan, would we be welcome at the farm today? <laughs> 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 and the answer is it depends. I mean, I don't. Well, we would it's contribute. Not a, of it's course. not a definitive no or a definitive yes. It depends on uh, depends on how bad things are. Sure. I mean, if you know what I mean, we'd have to have skills to contribute. I mean, it just depends on how events unfold. We don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, if it's like, could you make that place into a fortress? Maybe I mean, a, a pillow fortress. <laughs> I mean. um <laughs> I don't really have the the funds to like bulletproof my house or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, no, not really. Hmm. You theoretically you could if you had unlimited resources. Yeah, you could make anything into a fortress. As I say, uh, 
Uh, we should start a GoFundMe, and the goal is unlimited. I mean, there's nothing stopping. There's nothing stopping if they flip the switch tomorrow. You know, a gang of marauders from coming and just taking my shit from me. I mean, it's I'm not like I'm delusional about how vulnerable I am. Well, there you go. I mean, but but see, we could help. We could dig dig the trenches with and put punji sticks in them. But if it's a situation where things are kind of yeah, things are totally falling apart, but people are you know, there's some semblance of um balance you know what i mean like i may a lot of people are able to hold their prop hold on to their property and and maintain the the farming system and the you know the life support systems that i have going there that are already in place that practically run themselves just need me to manage them yeah as long as i can keep that going without someone fucking me up um I, that's what it puts me into an advantage and also just the preps and the things that i have thought ahead about things that I will need if there's no more electricity or if there's no more internet or if there's no more. I have, like, I was really impressed the other day. I like went and actually looked at my little library and I got, I don't fucking like books that much, quite frankly. I got rid of every book that I, that I thought was either not interesting or, or use or not. I've got a couple crabby books, but I kept the things that are legitimate pieces of, you know, like, like, just because something's printed on a page doesn't mean it's fucking worth anything. Sure. Um, so all, but if you look at my library, it's pretty impressive how much of a how much of a backup I have to the internet in the case of needing to learn, fit, reference something, or learn how to do something. Everybody's so it's like, oh, well, how do you, you know, on all these groups, it's like, what my my uh, my goat has mastitis. What do I do? What the fuck would you do if you didn't have this, you know, internet here to, to fucking fix that problem? Who would you reference? It's like, right. uh, you know, this is a new thing and it could go away. Um, so I've got a book. I have books. For, I have an answer for all that shit. I have the books that tell you how to do anything you need to do to survive. And I have a plethora of them. My dad had a bunch and I have a bunch and I've collected them and I've made a concerted effort to have this resource. Just take that principle and apply it to everything. I have backups to backups to backups to water systems. I have, you know, I've, I've got means to defend myself. I've got uh, backups to backups to backups to food systems. I'm building more food systems. As the years go on, it gets better and better. Uh, I've got the skills to, you know, take care of shit. I know, I know how to, you know, run a farm without, if, if I don't have the fucking dewormer from fucking tractor supply or if I don't have, you know what I mean? Like, the list just goes on and on and on of things that people just take for granted. And so my farm is designed around, what if you don't take shit for granted? And I'm way ahead. Of, I'm not perfect. I've got all kinds of ways I could improve. But I've done enough, I think, at this point that I'm just kind of coasting and I feel pretty like I'm, you know, million percent better prepared than most people. Like mm. I'm, I'm, I'd, be, I'd be, I don't want the... I don't want that to happen. I, I'm sure, I sure as fuck hope it doesn't. Yeah, because some people don't, who prep really and I don't want think, it to go And I down, don't think you know? that it will. It's going to happen. Right, right. I, I don't fucking know. I don't want it to happen. This shit's easy. I like shit being easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so much better. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm also not naive. And um, it's like, I, you know, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Mm. So people come look at walk around, look at my property, pass all kinds of judgment, make all, give me all kinds of unsolicited advice as if they know what the fuck they're doing. They have no fucking idea. So, oh, why don't you get rid of this stuff? It's like, like I have, like I, there's a reason why old farmers hoard shit. You know what I mean? There's a mm-hmm. reason why they keep resources around and it's not because they have a disease and they're hoarders. No. Mm-hmm. It's because legitimately this could save your life. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to have something occupying space 
even if it's a little bit inconvenient to have it there, if it if there's a chance that it might save your life. Fucking people bu- are so obsessed with buying insurance. It's like, I'm just not just obsessed with it. And it's like, that's like, okay, yeah, you, maybe you like take a financial hit or, or whatever, like, and you're hedging your bets against that. But if I want to keep, you know, three extra um, pump switches for my water pump, so in case I can't go to the store, I can keep that going, you know, having backups. It's like a, it's like the, the people will be obsessed with insurance and the idea of that, but then if you do something that's like, oh, this is actually going to save your fucking life, <laughs> they, they laugh at you and make fun of you like you're some kind of conspiracy you know they all you get tin hat you get you get slapped with all that bullshit it's like okay motherfucker you're not coming to the island i'll shoot you i'll shoot you before you set foot on my property (laughs) shoot you when you're down the street because you're pig food you're pig food motherfucker (laughs) well i mean that's that will be nice if all the people you kill they can be just feed them right to the pig sure there's no waste i mean i've even got to set up like i don't have good um i don't have a good system for uh hay I don't have enough grass, and I don't have the equipment really other than a scythe and just doing it the old school way to cut hay to store for my animals. I don't – if I'm keeping enough that to cover my pasture, I'm really not going to – but I've studied this shit. I've already thought this out. I do have 20 acres of fucking woods, and if you've uh, ever heard the song, Bringing in the sheaves, we, we will come, come rejoicing. Bringing in the, the sheaves. sheaves. Does anyone know what that fucking is? I know what that fuck that is. I don't know what it is. You know what the sheaves are? Mm-mm. The sheaves are when you're going, you go into the woods. It's tree hay. You go into the woods and you coppice bushes and trees at a certain time of the year. It's best to do it in the fall, but you can do it anytime. And then you bundle them together with the, all the leaf matter on these on the sticks into a bundle of twigs with leaf on with the leaves on, and those are sheaves. You go out and you gather that shit and you hang it in a shaded area so that the leaves dry out. And it's hay, but instead of it being grass, it's tree leaves on branches so that you've got shit to feed your animals during the winter. Hmm. Hmm. So if you don't have access to hay via via grass, if you're lacking that, but you've got woods, you can start practicing coppicing and spend all, all fucking winter bringing in the sheaves. Cutting, cutting branches, bundling them together, and leaving them in a shaded area to dry so that you can not die this winter. That's why it's such a rejoicing song. Bringing, it's like we're, we're doing this fucking bust-ass work, this menial task of constantly bringing this stuff in so that we can survive and prosper. Mm-hmm. Right on. It's, it's like a really, a really great symbolism. And I know how to fucking do that shit. You know why? Because I join... Because I've thought about what if I don't fuck, what if I can't buy hay from someone? What if there's no hay? How are your animals going to live through the goddamn winter when there's nothing to eat? I've thought about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Part of it is your physical preps and all that shit and your abilities. And part of it is just your the chess game, your mind game. Sure. Um, I posted something about this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, uh, Take over the Go Mart. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and the trucks will just keep delivering. That's right. <laughs> I'm just going to set up M60s outside of it. Let's see if I can find. I this. dare you not to deliver. Have them all manned. Like, where are you going to get the M60s? Don't you worry about where I'm going to get the M60s. Okie doke. <laughs> I shan't. Uh, I think that I shan't. I think that I shared this, but I, I don't. I'm not seeing it here. I guess it didn't. Uh, 
it didn't share. And I can't remember what it was. Okay, so that's pretty much all from my favorite things. If that's a, if you can even call that favorite things. This is for chocolates and chocolates. Don't try this at home. I hope you like it. He's jumping on the bricks. Fuck this shit! He drove his elbow right into it. Probably broke this. Yeah, that looked like a painful one. Anyway, my favorite thing was doing the wrestling commentary last night. Me and Frampton were in rare form. Oh man, we. Um, there was a guy on the last one. He uh. We just assumed he was a juggalo because he looked like a juggalo. And he was with Smokey C. He was with Smokey C, who is a juggalo. And during Smokey C's match, he came up to us while we were commenting. He said, "Hey guys, I really like what you guys are doing. You guys do a great job. Just want to let you know, not a juggalo." And I go, "He says he's not a juggalo. I do not believe him. <laughs> if it looks like a duck, <laughs> smells like a duck, <laughs> quacks like a duck, but then every it's time a juggalo. every time we'd say his name after that, we would say not a juggalo." <laughs> and he was he was wrestling a guy named uh, I think it was David Ayers. Look it up. I went, Do you ever get tired after you take a dose of kratom? Sometimes. I think that Green Mink Doll did it to me. Like I'm feeling kind of sleepy a little bit. I mean, I feel good. That was it was good. But this is the guy he was wrestling last night. Look at him. And when he came to the ring, I said, "Fun fact." He is a juggalo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just looks like a milk toast. Yeah, you know. he's a good wrestler. He does a good job. <laughs> we made him the juggalo. <laughs> yeah, but that guy, the guy that said he wasn't a juggalo, was in his match later, he got kicked in the head. And uh, it was a stiff. It wasn't. He didn't see it coming. Oh. And he, he knew it was supposed to happen. But he, he just didn't see it coming. His hair was in his face. He got kicked right there in the side of the head. And he, had, he rolled out of the ring. And. Uh, um, when he didn't get up, everybody just went over to him, like it instantly swole up. Oh shit! Right around his. Might eye. have cracked his orbital bone. That's what I thought. Um, it didn't get too big. His nose didn't bleed or anything. Mm. But um, they, uh, he said he didn't remember anything. Damn. And he didn't go to the hospital. No. Yeah, he'd probably be all right. He probably will. But, yeah. Uh, precautions and all that stuff. But uh, I don't know how much you guys have listened. We we've been really putting over this uh, referee. Nathan Wolf, we keep calling him the best referee in the business and all that stuff. Wolfie, you should call him. And, uh, <laughs> the one of the guys got thrown out of the ring, and he goes, "All right, that's, uh, of course in ICS you got the twenty count to get back in the ring. Let's uh, pause and listen to Nathan Wolf do the count. <laughs> and you know how wrestling counting goes: it's one, and then you turn around and you it's like three seconds for every one. Yeah. yeah. And we, me and Andy sat there in silence until <laughs> it got to an eight count, which was around 30 seconds. Yeah. Just sat there in silence. And when the guy got back in the ring, and went, oh, what a phenomenal count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad they let us do whatever we want. <laughs> there was a match, uh, of course, um, Kirk Blackman. He was fighting in a weaponized coal miner's glove match against uh, Kevin Tyler, big, beautiful yeah. blonde guy. The guy that Frampton has a crush on. Yeah. <laughs> he really he really uh put that over him having a man crush <laughs> Did on him. That's night. that's fucking great. <laughs> but so but uh like there's they took a half hour before the main event, let's fifteen minutes probably before the main event to to set up PVC on each corner where there's four different gloves. One of them has uh tacks on the outside of it. And uh, one of them was filled with thumbtacks, one of them was filled with salt. One of them had a chain in it. It was great. It was fantastic. 
But uh, we just sat there for 15. I know they're going to edit it out, but I told Kyle after, you send that to us and we'll, we'll put it up ourselves. Because me and Frampton were just riffing on everything that was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, look, it looks like one inch PVC, got a couple keys. <laughs> uh, when this is all said and done, something can do a little light home project. Uh, <laughs> But uh, oh, during, during the match, it went to the outside because there's no disqualification, no counter on any of that stuff because it's a hardcore, hardcore type deal. And um, they were outside fighting, and um, Kirk Blackman had the better of uh, of Kevin Tyler, who's way bigger. Kirk Blackman's 5'5 five five if he's an inch, and Kevin Tyler's 6'3 if he's an inch. Yeah. And um, Kevin Tyler took back the advantage and then takes him. And throws him into the goddamn concession stand. He just goes flying right over top of the thing and goes goes into the concession stand. And we both lost our ever loving goddamn minds. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we couldn't see anything. You know how it's set up. Oh so my far. god! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And um, there was one thing that happened in an earlier match. You know, Easy E rolls around on the outside of the ring. He's got cerebral palsy. Yeah. He's like a manager for a few of the guys. The, the Sports Entertainment Express, those bastards, they dumped him out of his chair. They got some fucking heat. They, I'm sure they did. They, people fucking hated that shit. <laughs> and I was thinking... That's, that's some classic That is some fucking, classic bad guy shit yeah. right there, man. And I was thinking, man, I, I hope that guy's okay. And they told me in the locker room he was so fucking jacked about getting to take a bump. Oh, sure. I was yeah. so happy for him after yeah. that. Yeah, that's the thing people don't understand. Yeah, he like, was so happy to do that. He was so excited. But um, I don't know, man. It was fucking awesome. We were in rare form, and I hope some some people might not like it. There's a guy that got on there and went on way too long with his promo, and we were just like, okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm going to hear that. It was five <laughs> minutes. I think when he, whenever he finally just gave up the mic, Fram just goes, well, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. His gimmick is his name is Movie Mike. I hate to. He's good, good wrestler, mm-hmm. good wrestler, jacked and looked apart, big black guy. But uh, the pro, not that the promo was bad. The promo was just long. Yeah, a minute would have been sufficient. He kept yelling at people to shut up, quiet on my set. Because he's a movie director guy. <laughs> so we kept making references to how he's in there directing the action. <laughs> so. He needed a little bit of a Chaz Keenan Major Hollywood player in his life. <laughs> yeah. He had one of those things, the slap boards. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> and when the match got ready to start, he goes, action. <laughs> it was pretty good. That is good. But the promo itself just went on way too long. I don't even remember what he said. He just kept saying quite on the set. We had fun. It was uh, that might have been our best performance as far as uh, being assholes go. I'm not sure. Though. I want to hear it. It'll. I don't know when it comes out, but I've sent the sent the files to the people. Anybody got any umbrage? Mm. I probably do. We can do umbrage, or we can end it. I don't care. Well, I mean, you guys can keep Tr- going. Trucks acting like he's. Well, I got a. I gotta go get my shit together. It's up to you, Hoss. I mean, we can end it. Let's fucking end it then. Let's get this over <laughs> with. Right. What song should we go out on? Hmm. Hmm. I have a very limited uh, amount of music. Well, it's not limited. I have a lot, but it's just all my stuff that I like. 
Anyway, we're ending the show. This is the last episode. Ever? <laughs> yeah, we're never doing this again. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. That would be Thanks funny. A lot. Funny way to do it. Um, uh, let's do this one. You're going to recognize this, John. Oh, Thanks for listening to episode 213 in the books. Uh, go to juniormusic.bandcamp.com and download John's music. I am.